everybody. Welcome to episode 181 of the Bite Me podcast. I am Cliff Johnson, and I am joined today by Blasphemous Bargain, otherwise Woo! known as... That could be Woo! Dylan or Colby. Who knows? <laughs> it's Dylan. It's Dylan and uh, President Ronnie. Which man, if you've not played uh, what Bad Dudes, Bad Dudes, you don't you don't get that joke, which is a shame. You should go play Bad Dudes, uh, and that is Colby, right? What up, yo? What up, yo? Uh, today we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. There's actually quite a bit of news. I had to cut things because there was just too much news, as opposed to last week, where I was like, man, I wish we had more news. And that's fine. We got a lot of questions, and then we. Blue kind of screwed up the questions, but you know, it's fine, whatever. Uh, we got news this month. We are getting ready for four months of summer, which is weird. You guys, I mean, when I think of summer, I think of summer as being three months long, right? I mean, I know it's I, not. Well, I mean, I would split the seasons approximately in quarters, so yeah. Yeah, three months. I, I don't know. I always think of summer as being th- three, but whatever. Jeff Keeley, he's doing some stuff. Uh, the more I hear about Crucible, the strangers it sounds, that's that new Amazon game we'll see talk about that we're going to talk about publishers trading ip like baseball cards you're going to be excited about this call i'm excited about this uh facebook is stupid i don't think anyone disagrees with that right i think facebook is a great service and has only helped out in one genocide that i know about See, that's not bad. That's really not bad at all. Uh, if you want to get into emulation, now is a great time. This is actually going to be interesting to you again, Colby. So this this episode is really Yay. all about you. Uh, game Pass is pulling in about, oh, $100 million a month, which isn't too bad. We'll talk about that. Uh, do you want to play Mario 64 on your PC? Like, you don't have a PC, call, so you're screwed. Dylan, do you want to play Mario 64 on your PC? I'd rather play it on my Switch. Ooh, I, I too have bad. played it on my PC. Without emulation? Oh, no. Ooh, it's new and different. Uh, and let's see, we got a couple of updates off of things that we talked about mm, last week, week before. We're going to talk about that Naughty Dog uh, Last of Us 2 leak, and we are going to talk about that uh, Doom Eternal soundtrack thing that Mick Gordon had going on. Snafu, if you Snafu. Um, plus, you may remember last week didn't have questions. I'm still very sorry about that. Colby just deleted a question. <laughs> <laughs> I literally am watching our show notes right now. Colby deleted a question. Granted, it was his own, but... <laughs> I think that's cheating. I have that power. He has that power. We had a new question this week from Vinny because we answered Vinny's question last week before everything went to hell. Did did uh, my joke stay in? Your joke managed to stay in. It was kind of like a, like Colby told the joke. Dylan and I started laughing, and then laughter was cut off right in the middle. But the joke got in, so that's the important part. We got a new question from Vinny. We got a question for Mister Polite. A question for I deliver things. Chad Martinez, Kim Cruz, Joe Coleslaw. We've answered all these questions before. We're gonna pretend that we didn't, or hope that we have short term memory loss. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we did get an update on Joe's question, which actually makes it slightly worse, unfortunately, but that's okay. Uh, we got some cheap free games. Somehow last week, like the thing we nailed last week is we did questions and then we screwed that up, And uh, but we did cheap free games, but somehow the cheap free games that I announced last week were not correct, so hopefully you didn't want any of those. I don't know what happened, but things went bad. Um, we got the correct PlayStation Plus game for this week. We've got the correct Twitch Prime games for this week. Uh, Epic Game Store, new one from them, and a new Humble Bundle that I think people of a certain age might enjoy. That age is probably somewhere between Colby's age and my age, maybe a little bit older. So, some old Sierra stuff. Anyway, we are going to get started. Holy crap, we were going to talk about all the games that Colby's been playing. It's like 48 of them. <laughs> Good lord. And I've, and I've beat three of them. 
Holy crap. Um, go, Colby. I won't talk about Sword Art Online. I've been playing that. Um, I like, almost started play- watching that anime, and instead I started watching The Witcher. It's all right. Witcher's pretty I, good. Yeah. I'm like 42 hours into Sword Art Online. How long is that game? I don't know, because I'm only in the second area. And I, I don't know, because it's supposed to only be like a 48-hour game. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like I said, some of that has been, you know, me looking at Twitter, but not 30 hours of it. When you're ever playing a game, do you ever, like, get to a cutscene and start watching... Stop watching the game you're playing and start reading Twitter or, or whatever and go, like... You look back up, you're like, man, somebody spent years of their lives making that cutscene that I just completely ignored. What's going on in this game? Someone spent years of their lives writing this game and I still don't know what's happening. There is a lot of cutscenes in Sword Art Online. Like, I just looked at my, like, to-do list because there's, like, a to-do list (laughs) and there's at least five or six things that are just like, hey, go talk to this person and those could be 20-minute cutscenes. So, I mean, like, it could be an hour and a half of cutscenes if I go do all those things. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts has that problem, too. I'm going to talk about that in a minute, so. Uh, Um, It's real fun when you get to the, like, if there could be maybe half as less cutscenes and more of the battle, that would be great. But it's it's still fun. All right. Um, So, yeah, played that. Then I picked up, oh, yeah, I needed to get, what is it, the three achievements award? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I downloaded a couple games thinking that they're like, oh, these are fairly short-ish games, like four to six-hour games. Like, I'm sure I can get three achievements in one of them. And so I started playing Gato Roboto. Gato Roboto. Every time Uh, you say that, all I think in my head is Mr. Roboto. Yeah. Oh, I think, yeah, that that's Domo Origato. Yeah. Roboto. Yeah. Every time. Um, um, these are, this is a Game Pass game, right? It is. Cool. Um, all of these are Game Pass games, Password Art Online. Even better. Um, and it is really fun with some caveats. It is a, it's a Metroidvania. Like, I mean, literally, if you enjoyed the original Metroid, um, like NES Metroid, sure. you will enjoy gato Roboto because sure. it is basically the same thing oh it's very uh, black and white yes it is a two-tone like black and white eight bit-ish kind that's of a, game that's a two-bit game well you know what i mean yeah no, um same. it is it's really fun except occasionally and it's actually just at the boss uh fights the difficulty just ramps up um, so I think Colby's bearing a lead here. Do you play as a cat? Uh-huh. Nice. In a mech suit. Yes, you do. Sometimes out of the mech suit, you run around as a cat. Yeah, you really owe it to yourself to go watch the trailer for that game, because it's mm-hmm. kind of adorable. I like it a lot. But how long is it? Probably five hours. It's a good length for Metroidvania. Yeah, it. Uh, so you're a human and a cat, or you're a human with a on a spacecraft with a cat sure. that crashes um, after receiving a distress symbol, and the human gets like trapped in the um, spacecraft, Spaceship. and the cat has to go out and fight the bad guys so he can perhaps rescue the human. Sure. The it's, it's, developer of that game is Doinksoft. Uh huh. <laughs> it's 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 fun. Oh, it is. Oh, that's. Provocative. It's very provocative, yeah. It's well worth the 
five hours, like I said, the the boss fights are like it goes from being like a pretty easy game to dying quite a few times in a row. Sure. And I will say, and I don't know when developers are going to learn this. If you have a boss fight where people are going to die, do not make me go through the same text over Ugh. and over and over again. I don't... And this game does that, and it drove me insane. I think that, to, to me, like the sign of a game that has really given a lot of consideration to how a player is going to interact with it is a game that, first of all, has as close to zero load time after death as possible. Mm -hmm. Like, I want a game to... And I mean, obviously, there are some some games that are going to take longer to do that than others based on the size of their worlds, the size of all those things. But I think that that reload time after death is so important and the respecting player time when you are fighting a boss with a cutscene before it. Like, I, like if you make me watch it again, like, fine, but give me a button to skip it. Yeah, and this was, so, like, because it's, I mean, basically an NES kind of Metroid game, you have save points. Oh. Um, and they're not bad. Like I said, throughout the game, you're really not going to die. Yeah. Um, I would say that maybe, like, once or twice, maybe three times, it, it, throughout the game, I died. Um but like at boss fights, I may have died six or seven times. Yeah, that's just and rough. so you start sometimes like two rooms away, and so you go to that save point, run through the room, get to the boss fight, and have to go through the, and you know, yeah, you can kind of like skip the you know text, but it's still like a a a a a a a to oh, get through it. And it's annoying. It, yeah, it was. Other than that, very fun game. Nice. Um, then I played Deliver Us the Moon, which just hit Game Pass. Um, it is, you would actually probably like it. Um, it reminded me quite a bit of Tacoma. Yeah. Um, it's a walking sim puzzle, somewhat platformer game. Yeah. You're the, it's set in the future and they've discovered like a new power source on the moon. And so they sent people up there to mine it and send it back and something went wrong and there was a complete blackout. And so you have to go up there to figure out what's wrong, what went wrong. And so, yeah, you're like, you know, watching the like kind of holograms of like what happened in that area, uh, like Tacoma and stuff. It, it's quite fun. <laughs> nice. Um, Is it got a little bit of horror element to it? Not really. It's a they. It's kind of a survival game, but that's only in the because it's on the moon. There's places where, uh, you don't have oxygen, so you have sure. to, you know you like you have to go from here to here, and you only have so much oxygen and stuff. Sure. And that's the only part of this game I did not like. Where the there was two places where it was timed, and those time things were not like, ah, we're going to give you a little bit of a leeway. Um, the first one, it was like, you know, you had two minutes. I finished with 12 seconds. And the yeah. next time it was like three minutes and I finished with 14 seconds. Yeah. Colby and I were talking thing. about that over the weekend. And I'm like a firm believer that if you're going to do a timed event like that, that the, the correct way to do it is to give people the indication that, it's timed and that there is a degree of urgency and so on and so forth, but 
if it's going to take two minutes to give there, get them there, give them three and a half. Like mm-hmm. I, I think, um, I think it was control that did that where it was like, Hey, get going. You've got to get somewhere in so much time. And I'm like, okay, I've got four minutes and I'm like, hurry, 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 hurry. And then I got there with like two minutes to spare. I'm like, Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. And that is fine. Like, I mean, you can't do that 30 times in a game, but you can do that once or twice, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I think that's, that's a better way. But uh, it was a very good game. Had like really good ambiance, you know, kind of thing. I sure. would, and again, it was probably five or six hours. I love so. Tacoma. I'll probably check mm-hmm. that out. It was not as good as Tacoma, but it was still a really good game. I think Tacoma. I would put it really high on my list of game, like underappreciated games. The games mm-hmm. that were far better than the reception they got. Yeah, yeah, it was, but. Uh, then I played Streets of Rage 4, which also just hit Game Pass. Um, I just beat that today. Is that um, Does that have online co-op, do you know? I think it does. I'm not 100% sure. I wouldn't mind playing sure. through that yeah, if you wouldn't it's, mind it's, playing through it again. Oh, no. And it's like a super... I had it on easy, so I mean, I, like literally I never had to... I never died because I think it gives you six lives that after each level just regen. So it was just a fun, like, I don't know, my kid was like, let's go fight bad guys. I'm like, done and done. Nice. That's um, I, assumed, I assumed a game that if we could play it co-op that we could beat it in an hour or two. It's probably, it takes about 10 minutes per level and there's 12 levels. Yeah, so an hour um, or two. So, That's perfect. Yeah. Maybe we'll try that uh, this weekend. Yeah, it was good. And then I played <laughs> the weirdest game i've ever well that's not true i played sword art online um i don't know the one with the most confusing plot and oh there's a mud- plot well i mean just basic conceit of the game sure and that's mud runner so snow runner just came out and i saw a trailer for it and i watched the trailer and i went that looks like something that could either be one of those games where i look at it and go like why would you want to play that and I would either then spend 70 hours playing that game <laughs> or play it for like 20 minutes and go like, yeah, nope, should have listened. But it's like 50 bucks. And I was like, I'm like, I've got $35 in gift cards. Do I buy it? What if I hate it? And so I was going to read um, reviews. And they said, like, from the people who brought you Mud Runner. And I'm like, there's this is a sequel to a uh-huh. game? And... I went and looked up Mudrunner, and they're like, oh, it's on Game Pass. I'm like, free, done. And Mudrunner is a game in which you take giant, like, semis, essentially, or, like, like big, not semis, because they're usually, they have, like, six wheels. Yeah, it's more and... like, a lo- and they're all, like, real vehicles, and they're mm-hmm. mostly Soviet, I believe. Yeah, like like big, like, I don't know, the thing that Rambo steals at the end of First Blood. Yeah. Those kinds of trucks, except with six wheels. Yep. Um, And the... I don't know, you're on different areas that are incredibly muddy, and yeah, it's mostly, it seems like, kind of Soviet, or, yeah. you know, Polish, kind of, you know, out in the tundra, and it's melted, and I don't know, the first, I'm on the second level now, and they've both been like, hey, this place needs logs. Like, a, it's a, um, why can I not think of what those are called? Like a lumber mill yeah. needs logs. And so you have to go to where the logs are, pick them up, and then take them back. Um, and 
it's like an anti-racing game because <laughs> you do not go fast in the game. Like, I mean, I found a road and I'm like, oh, wow, I can probably get this thing up to 20. Um, <laughs> other than that, you are driving in, you know, probably five feet of mud and trying not to get stuck or, you know, have like trying to cross like rivers um, and trying to figure out the best way to do that. You can like you, all the trucks have winches so you can like hook them up to trees to pull you through deep mud. Um, and it is one of those games where I'm like, I should not be enjoying this as much as I am. Like the first night I had it, I literally stayed up till midnight <laughs> playing this one level. And I played it for two hours and I, it tells you how far you have gone in meters because everything's in meters and liters and stuff. I'm like, huh, I wonder what that's in. I'm like, oh, I played two hours and I drove literally three and a half miles. Cool. Um, so you're not going fast, um, but you're just picking up logs and taking them back and finding other trucks. That's and so funny. It's, I'm like, I, I don't know. It's, I'm having a really fun time and I don't think I should be. Because everything I think in my head, I'm like, well, this shouldn't be fun, but it is. And now I'm kind of like, hopefully SnowRunner comes to Game Pass. I mean, since MudRunner is on Game Pass, I assume at some point SnowRunner will also come. Sure. And I will play the hell out of it. <laughs> so I will tell you... Uh... A few things. First of all, mm. this is actually a sequel to a sequel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> spin Tires. Yeah, Spin Tires is the original game. Um, there is DLC for it, so if oh, you yeah. get bored, you can you can get the DLC. Um, but it is also set in Siberia, so they all yeah. are Russian vehicles. Yeah. So yeah. what it's I've been kind of watching. I've played it a little teeny bit just because I was Down like, what's this weird game? Download it because there's multiplayer. I was just gonna say I'm there's co-op. Curious. So this weekend we're gonna play Streets of Rage Four and. Uh, mud, mud tires, mud riot runners. Yeah, it's great. It's perfect. I love it. Uh, Dylan, do you want to tell us what you've been uh, playing? Anything? A little bit of Animal Crossing. Anything new on that? Um, I did sell my bells for a huge profit yesterday. Nice. My buddy's island had turnips for uh, five hundred and thirty wow. or something. Wow. So I made about a million and a half in profit. Wow. So. I got a lot of three turnips. mil in the bank now. I'm sitting pretty good. You know, collect that interest. You know, um, what's what's the interest that. rate on three million bells? Can you pull like five percent? I don't know. I have to actually pay attention. I wanted to put like a nice whole number in there, so I could actually kind of like figure it out easy when I get the little letter that says, "Hey, you get interest." So do you um, just like live off the uh, interest now and don't touch? That's the principal? my goal. I'm going to do that. What's, a good retirement uh, island. I'm going to be a financially independent um, <laughs> Animal Crossing Islander. It's going to be great. Um, other than that, I've been playing a lot of... I wanted to play a game with a absolutely ridiculous name. So uh, I've been getting into Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Mission. Is there? Is there? Should there be a, semi, like a, a colon in I that? I think there's a colon after before world mission makes sense yeah um and this is a game that i bought probably about a year ago when it came out um but played it very little until now because it's unnecessarily complex um and i took the time to actually kind of learn what was going on and it's a game that is 
a Japanese arcade game. Interesting. An arcade card game. So you actually use cards and you put them on this like flat surface and it reads those cards and the the surface i wish i had a better name for it than the yeah. surface play area has like four zones so moving the cards further in the zones like they're essentially like rows and you'll have a team of seven in this game in the traditional game i think it was five doesn't matter but basically moving up the the uh into each further row uses one more bar of stamina therefore giving you more power sure um so you collect cool cards that have cool crazy effects and interactions and numbers that you can never actually calculate <laughs> in your head unless you were some crazy math savant i guess Rain man yeah um but it, it it's 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 very interesting and I don't know how long I'll keep playing it because it. The only thing I think is a downside is because it's kind of an arcade game that's been made possible on the Switch. It kind sure. of has things that you would forgive in an arcade, like watching <laughs> the same attack cutscene over and over and over yep. again. Um, whereas, like, if it would just snap through those, like, I would keep playing the game because I'm I'm trying to collect like the different cards to unlock to kind of do cool things and learn some of the interactions and things um but i think once you get some of the stuff that you like that's the problem because you use the same thing and then now i'm watching the same attack over Uh. and over um so i think that's kind of the biggest turnoff i really would like to see this thing in person the actual arcade version because it is crazy that like you put cards on this thing and then you move your cards around and rub your cards in circles and back oh, wait and it's forth. actually a physical card game in the arcade yeah weird yeah so like when you play the game it spits out a new card for you so you get a new card but you collect your cards and you play your cards on the thing against the computer's cards but you like yeah you actually move them around and then if you want to like transform these two together you move them down and into certain like patterns to do different attacks then it all shows you what to do but you you have to do it so you mimic that on the switch i think you could probably do it through touch but i don't like touching my switch screen very much yeah. and it's weird when you're holding it and you're i'll be honest and- i forget that it has a touch screen 99 of the time unless i'm like doing data entry on it like if it wants to know my email address i'm like oh hey right. i can poke this <laughs> Um, other than that, that's pretty fun. And I've played actually quite a bit of Tetris, which I forgot to write on the list. Nice. 99? Um, no, I'm playing just regular Tetris on Puyo Puyo Tetris because nice. that's the Tetris I had. Um, because I think I have to buy the Tetris 99 DLC if I just want to play solo oh, Tetris. Oh, sure. And there's not really a better way to play Tetris. But I the other day I watched... Um, we talked about the story when that 17-year-old kid beat the seven-time reigning Tetris champion like a year like whatever we talked about that a year or more ago but I actually like we've stumbled across that video that I hadn't I don't think I ever really watched it and then we were watching it was like oh this is crazy and I was like oh wait this is that that kid that beat the seven time (laughs) champion that we talked about a year ago and it was just crazy watching it right so then I I watched a couple competitive Tetris videos and I learned about the the Tetris meta and that sort of thing it's interesting, right? And then I was like, you know what? Like, I I was terrible at Tetris, and I realized that when, like, I tried to play it, and then I watched Adam 
just play Tetris a little bit. And I was like, yeah. okay. So someone who grew up with Tetris, like is just inherently better at Tetris yep. than me through casually playing it for a lifetime. So I was like, I'm going to focus a little bit of effort and actually try to get some muscle memory down. <laughs> and I've gotten significantly better at Tetris. Um, although I think Puyo Puyo Tetris Tetris is much, much easier than classic Tetris Tetris. And you're not holding an NES controller. Um, which is crazy that that's the one they play competitive Tetris on is yeah. in NES with the old NES controller right? on CRT TVs because there's no other option. Um, but it, it's it's interesting and Tetris is fun. Yeah. It's super fun. You should um, at some point try and grab Tetris Effect for the PS4 because that game yeah. is dope. It's really yeah. Fun. I saw a video for that and I was like, I need to watch that and see what it's like. I bet I you it's super play cool that in VR. I do too, and I just played it in not VR because I don't have a PSVR. But it was it was cool. Like that game's a lot of fun. I wonder if you can get it cheaper now too because that's been out for probably a year now. So it's fun, super fun. Is that all you got, Dylan? I think so. Nice. Um, I played a couple games. I played Ukulele and the Impossible Layer, which is the um, ukulele um, platformer that came out end of last year. It's I, I did not play probably enough of it to like give you a super good opinion on it. It's fine. Um, I don't think it's I don't think I like it better than I like um, Rayman. Like Rayman, I think feels better. And I think feels faster. Um, it feels more. This feels almost like you're exploring platforms as opposed to like, hey, I'm trying to get to the end of these platforms. Um, but it's okay. It's got some kind of a, like kind of an interesting thing where, um, like, I didn't realize this because I've never played ukulele before. But yuka is the the like lizard thing, and Lele is the bat thing. So ukulele is actually two critters um but you is right. usually on his head i guess um banjo kazooie situation yeah exactly exactly and or a the, ratchet and clank salute uh situation or I guess a jack I, and dax i should have seen this coming honestly i guess um but the way your like health in that game works is if you get hit um Laylee gets scared and kind of flies away and like will hover around for a little second and if you can catch her again you get yeah, that life back. back, but if you doesn't, then the next time you get hit, you die, which is kind of a unique idea. I kind of like that, and maybe that's how ukulele like works too. Um, but overall, like it's it feels like this weird like. I mean, it's it's not a Metroidvania because they're just discrete levels that you have to go through, and I don't think that you're going to gain like things that make going through them easier or better. But it also doesn't feel quite like a platformer. But like I said, I've played three or four levels I only maybe played a half hour so it's hard for me to make a, a big decision about it um and there is this like overworld that you spend some time in too so it's it's a little bit of everything I guess and it seems fine I got it for free from the Epic Game Store at the end of December so like I'm not going to complain about a game I got for free but I'm not sure I'm not sure it was like great enough to make me want to run back to it like maybe if it was on the Xbox I probably would be more likely to play it just because I'd see it. Um, but it's on the PC, so we'll see. Um, and I've also been playing Kingdom Hearts. Did I say playing? I've also been playing Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I think I said I've just been Kingdom Hearts, but whatever. Um, and Kingdom Hearts is good. I've beat like five worlds, I'm going to say. So, you know, the kind of the way it works is you, you start out in Olympus and you beat Olympus and then you go... 
I've been to Toy Story Land or Toy Story level world. Um, I've been I'm in Pirates of the Caribbean right now. I've been to Frozen. I want to say one other one that's just not coming to me immediately. Um, and it's good. Like one thing I really like about this is it does like the first I've only played one and two, so I can't speak to the other ones. But one thing I always kind of disliked about them is that the characters are very samey. Like you fight a lot of heartless that all look the same. And this one, there are pirate heartless. There are toy story heartless. They are, at least you know, they look different. Yeah. They're and the, and they're unique to their worlds. So that's kind of nice. Um, and I'm enjoying it. Like the story is fine. It is kind of one of those games where if you haven't played all of them and you did, like I started reading like an explainer. I'm like, I need to catch up on Toy Story before I get back into this game. Or I need to catch up on, sorry, Kingdom Hearts before I get back into this game. And I started reading like an explainer of it. And I, you know, you're watching your, like the little scroll bar on the side of your browser window. And I'd realized I'd gone about 10% into this thing. And there was already so many things that I didn't understand and couldn't remember that I just gave up and figured I'll just play it. And if all I remember is that I went to Toy Story Land and I went to Frozen Land and killed some stuff, that's enough. But like I think I've got a general gist of the story, except that there's so many weird characters and so many of them have been good and so many of them have been bad and so many of them were good and then bad and good and they split their hearts in half and now there's a good version of them and a bad version of them and Sora has got someone else's heart inside of him and mostly there's just there's the good guys and there's a bunch of people wearing black leather coats and I just have been kind of smiling and nodding at it and it's been fine like the game's fun um but man the thing i hate about it um that's when colby was saying there were save points in gato Roboto, and that there was really long cut scenes that sort of online i'm like yes and kingdom hearts is the worst of both those worlds because there have been i've been playing for about an hour every morning like i wake up early play an hour of kingdom hearts and then go about my day and there have been so many times where I'll be like 45 minutes into that hour and go like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to just gonna go a little bit more. And then like 45 minutes later, I'll have watched three cutscenes with like tiny amounts of gameplay in between them and absolutely no, no save point. And it drives me absolutely insane that there is a game in 2019, I guess, that relies on save points that are really far apart you'll play for an hour and you'll see one of them or you'll play for an hour and see two of them and it's just ridiculous absolutely ridiculous but i guess what do you do there's also a lot of cutscenes, and the cutscenes aren't great they're i mean they're fine to they're fine to look at whatever i guess but the voice acting's kind of weird weird um, like honestly, this game's kind of strange overall in that like a lot of the people in this game are very famous voice actors. Like Frozen Land, every single one of those people was the voice actor from the the movie Frozen, right? Um Tangled, Tangled was the other land. And Tangled was really strange because the guy who plays Flynn Rider is the guy in Kingdom Hearts, but he doesn't sound right. It's really weird. And so then, um, what's her name that plays Rapunzel is, I think I said that one last week, but then like you get to Toy Story Land and it's like uh, some guy that just sounds like Buzz Lightyear and then Tom Hanks' brother playing 
um, Woody, which is kind of strange. And then like none of the Pirate of the Caribbean people are actually their voice actors. But the dude who plays Johnny Depp sounds just like Johnny Depp. But um, uh, Kira Knightley's character is literally they just found someone with an English accent, but it's not the right English accent. Like it's <laughs> he just like, well, and then I said we should go on the pirate ship, and I'm like, what? <laughs> that's just not that's just not right. Um, so it's it's like kind of hit or miss that way. And so then when you get into a cutscene and those people are talking, you're like, all right. And I mean, like whatever the writings. The writing's Kingdom Hearts, which means it's super weird and kind of um, contrived and whatever. Like, I'm just trying to stop the Heartless from taking over the world and bringing back the Master Keyblade, I guess. I don't I don't have an idea what I'm doing, but it's kind of fun. Um, it's kind of scratching that same itch that Final Fantasy XV scratched, which is an itch I didn't know I actually had. So, whatever. It, it'll, I'm going to beat it. Like, I'm, I don't know, I'm like level 40-something, and I'm... I probably halfway through the game, maybe more. So, whatever, we'll get there. Um, anything else? Any other games anyone's playing? Is that good? I will say that uh, Tetris Effect is twenty three, twenty four dollars. Oh, it's not bad. Um, That's totally worth twenty three bucks. That game's good. Yeah. It's short, I guess. Like if you just play through the quote unquote story, but it's it's really good. So that's good. Um, Dylan, could we do housekeeping? Housekeeping. I'm not sure that's um, as uh, politically correct as this podcast normally is, but I, it's fine. We don't do housekeeping very often. Um, for you of that don't know, I guess, um, it, I talked about it a little bit in the Discord, but uh, I was laid off last Friday. Um, so Dylan still works at a radio station, <laughs> but I no longer do, um, along with a bunch of other people. Uh, radio has been drastically affected by coronavirus in a lot of ways so there's a lot of folks that are out of work right now um good news is like i'm fine i'm 100 percent going to find another job before my very generous severance package uh like is no more so not don't worry about me um but bite me podcast since its inception has actually been kind of um is sponsored the right word, Dylan? Like probably, because to me it kind of felt like, hey, do this so we can figure out how this works. Yeah, like essentially, like uh, the company that I used to work for owns a, a portion of Podcast One, and when we bought that portion, no one knew how podcasts work. So me and Dylan and Adam were like, hey, we could make a podcast, and then like the good news is, is like I've helped launch like fifty podcasts at uh, my radio station since then, and a lot of that was just because I learned things doing this one. Um, but with uh, me leaving, that is not, we we were uh, literally, I, I got laid off and like five minutes in the conversation, I'm like, I can keep my podcasts though, right? And they were not, that was not the question they thought I was going to ask. They figured I'd be asking about like benefits and severance packages. And, and instead I was like, but my podcast, right? We can, we can keep the, me and Dylan, we can keep our podcast, right? And and they very kindly said yes, and so I immediately grabbed it and and ran away with it and hung up the phone. Um, so I guess moral of the story is is if you subscribe via Apple Podcasts or Spotify or those kind of things, you're probably not going to see a lot of difference um, ever. But if you subscribe via Podcast One, 
um, it might not show up anymore. <laughs> so you should go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or um, Overcast or any of those places and grab it. Or we're actually hosted over on Podbean now. So Podbean has an app that you can download and get us there. Or you can just go to bitemepodcast.com and uh, grab our feed from Podbean directly. So that is what's happening to the podcast. Not a lot will change, I don't think. I don't think you're going to see anything Bigly different is my understanding. So, Dylan. News. Good man. I still got it. You still got it. You still got it. All right. Uh, next up is four months of summer. So, we've talked about this a lot, actually. Um, E3 isn't going to happen. A cat just walked in front of Dylan's microphone. All I, I can, don't know. What, all I, I know can see is cat. Saying. It's great. Uh, E3 is not going to happen. Um, Paris Games Week, I believe, got canceled. GamesCon got canceled. The Game Developers Conference got canceled. They're still saying PAX West is going to happen, but <laughs> I am not holding my breath. Um, but who knows? Like, I will still buy tickets when they put them on sale, even if that just means I get a refund two months from now. So whatever. Um, but uh, Jeff Keeley, who you may remember from the Game Awards, he's been doing that for... I'm going to say like five or six years from now and like the game awards, don't like the game awards, think the game awards are just a giant commercial with vague awards interspersed, whatever. The dude knows how to put on a show, um, a pretty entertaining show too. has a lot of uh, connections, both within the video game industry, has a lot of connections in the entertainment industry. And he's, he's, he's made kind of a cool thing. Um, he, last week announced what they're going to call summer game fest. And it is a industry wide celebration of video games. And it's going to run, from this month, May, all the way through August 2020. And there's going to be news. There's going to be in-game events, um, presumably by, like, 450-foot-tall rappers. Speaking of which, you 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 read the Hard Times call, right? Which yep. is, like, an Onion site um, that I really enjoyed. I wish I could remember what video game they said it was in. Call of Duty. They, they wrote a, a parody thing where Call of Duty got... Um, oh, shoot. Uh... Motor City Madman, um, Ted Nugent, Ted Nugent <laughs> to do of a, a 450 foot tall version of Ted Nugent to be in Call of Duty is very good. You should look it up. Um, anyway, they're going to do in-game events. There's going to be playable content um, starting now. Phase one, which is going to happen in May, is going to include news from 2K, Activision, Bandai, Namco, Bethesda, Blizzard, Bungie, CD Projekt Red, Digital Extremes, EA, PlayStation, Private Division. I can't remember what Private Division does, but that's cool. Riot Games, Square Enix, Steam, Warner Brothers, and Xbox. So there's going to be huge announcements. There's going to be live streams. There's going to be shows. There's going to be in-game events. There's going to be playable content and demos of select titles. There's going to be, they've done it a couple times this year already where like for a weekend or a week, there'll be just 40 game demos that you can download off Steam and play. They're going to do that both in Steam and on Xbox. So um, I think what's important really is that with so much of these events we go to, the E3s, the Gamescom, so much of that is getting games announced and getting titles out in front of audiences that probably wouldn't find them on their own. And something like this is going to make it so that those games that, you know, through no fault of their own, we're going to try and launch, you know, later this year, early next year, and need that type of endorsement and that kind of promotion in order to sell um, we'll be able to get those, the people that write 
video, you know, video game journalists to write about them, to get people like us to notice them and to get, you know, that information out to just kind of the general masses. So I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think about kind of online? Like, I think I, I watch a lot of these. I'm actually very excited about this. Do you guys anticipate like participating in something like that? No. It's all right, Cole. Yeah. I will watch it and I will tell you about it. That's why I listen to the podcast is so I can learn these things yeah. and I don't have to watch them. Absolutely. So if that's your thing, I would say you can actually go out to – man, I wish I could remember what the website is. I went there earlier. So let me – I'm going to actually look it up right now. So if you go to uh, – oh, man. IGN's not happy about my uh, – my ad blocker. If you go to summergamefest.com, you can actually sign up to um, be notified when events happen. The first one is actually the Inside Xbox um, event that is happening tomorrow. So by the time you hear this, it probably already happened. It's really early. It's 8 o'clock in the morning, Pacific time tomorrow morning. But uh, you can be notified on those things and, and kind of watch them as they come out. So a lot of a lot of news that you'll be able to watch without having to um, necessarily catch it all through E3. The, it looks like the second event is going to be May 12th, and it is called Sunrise Number 1, and you can join Jeff Keighley for a surprise game reveal. So who knows what that'll be, but lots of, lots of good news coming out, I think, in ways that it needs to come out, kind of considering our current circumstance. So there is that. Um, have you guys heard much about Crucible? We talked about it two or three weeks ago, I'm going to say. It's the new, like... I don't Overwatch game for lack of a better word from uh, Amazon. We talked about that, right? Yeah, I yeah. Think so. but they didn't have much news about it. So um, this has been announced. It's coming out May twentieth, so soon, like two weeks from actually two weeks from today, I believe that we're recording. So a little less than that's two very weeks. Soon. Yeah, uh, and I think it had always had kind of like that April May June release date, but I think they've been kind of sliding it around based on availability um, and coronavirus and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to come out May twentieth. It's going. It's free to play, and it is a competitive overwatch esque game that is entirely based on collecting essence. So essence is the thing you'll collect in each of these game modes that lets you. Um, level up your character. So there's three different modes and some of them are PVE and some of them are PVP. So there's one called Hearts of, there's a Heart of Hives, Harvest Commander and Alpha Hunters. Heart of Hives is a 4v4 mode in which both teams are trying to fight the same boss monster, which are called Hives and gain hearts for killing them. So the first team to capture three hearts wins the match. And then the entire game is based around killing the other guys that are trying to kill the bosses, but also killing the bosses. So for, you know, PvPVE all at the same time to get these hearts and you'll get essence probably from beating the bosses. There's Harvest Commander, or Harvest Command, sorry, which is an 8v8 mode in which teams capture and defend harvesters on the map that provide essence for the team that's holding them. So this is a capture the flag mode, essentially. Um, and then the team that depletes their opponent's resource pool first is crowned the winner. So you've got harvesters, each team has a, a harvester or a number of harvesters. You have to capture that harvester and steal their essence in order to win. And then there is Alpha Hunters, which is essentially Battle Royale, but small. So instead of 100 or 50 v 50 or 100 v... Oh. 100 v 1. How, how do you say what, what uh, PUBG is? 100 v 1, I guess? 
100 1v1v1v1v1 1v1 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 yeah, whatever anyway verse 100 i guess um this is eight duos going to the same map and fighting to be the last team standing so it's that's a pretty small uh battle royale but maybe maybe that works um because like the exciting part of any battle royale game is really the last like 30 people right but i mean that's only the last 16 people i don't know i i kind of wonder about this so the the thing about this is it's from amazon they are going to be incentivizing streamers to play this on twitch because they also own twitch so like this game has a lot of like built-in advantages like it's going to be free Twitch streamers are going to be all over it because I'm sure Amazon is going to be incentivizing people to play it on Switch. They haven't, or I'm sorry, on Twitch. They haven't said so yet, but I just can't imagine that you as a game developer who also owns a streaming platform, you wouldn't incentivize people to do this. But those game modes sound kind of weird. Um, and what I think is extra weird about them is they all have different team requirements so one is a four-person team one's an eight-person team and one's a two-person team so like you get a bunch of people together you can't just go from mode to mode to mode to mode and stay in your same team what do you guys think seems weird right i don't know you play more of this stuff probably than either colby or i dylan is that like something that appeals to you um I think these games always have the possibility of being enjoyable, I guess. Um I don't know. It it seems to me that like the like back in the day, like I will say back in the day, you used to buy like way back in the day. Think late 90s, early 2000s, right? You would buy a video game. Say, uh, Half-Life 2 is not a good a good example, but think that idea. And you'd get your single-player campaign, and then there'd be, like, a deathmatch and maybe a team deathmatch and, and whatever. But, but generally speaking, people played the single-player game, and one of those modes became right, popular. Yeah. And I think that... Game, game developers kind of saw, I mean, except for what the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare that has 39 game modes. But I think generally speaking, game developers have seen that you do one game mode and you do it really, really, really well. And then maybe you have seasonal content like they do with Overwatch or Rocket League or, you know, uh, uh, hey, we did this thing real fast. Or maybe, you know, when Battle Royale became a thing, we threw in a Battle Royale. But generally speaking, you have one thing that's big and one thing that's popular and you really put a lot into that. And you're not trying to, this just seems like they're really spreading themselves out. There's there's a reason there's a TF2 and not a Half-Life Deathmatch Right? Yeah, I just... Now that you say that, that does make me think a little differently that that's very true um, I, I can only assume that of you know of these three modes one or two of them are going to become popular and then what do you but the, you know like it could be 
80% of people play one or 60% of people play one and then 20% play the other two each. And so what do you do? Do you cut one of those modes eventually? Do you actually keep supporting all three? I'm curious that Amazon, who's never made a video game before, was <laughs> like, hey, well, I mean, and that's not even fair. They've they've had quite a few video games in development. They've all been canceled. Um, they, they decided to come out with Overwatch 1, 2, and 3 all at the same time. It just seems really weird to me, but I guess we'll know in two weeks it'll launch. And like I said, they are a company that has what roughly a bajillion dollars. Is that is that right? Yeah, roughly, roughly a bajillion dollars. They own their own streaming platform. Um, they have their own dedicated game launcher, which I don't think a lot of people think about. But you know, if you're getting those free Twitch Prime games, like you have their launcher if you want to play them. So, I mean. I guess we've seen companies that should have that advantage. We've seen Google launch Stadia and just totally fumble it. And so, like, money and reach doesn't always equal success. But done right, money and reach can equal success, especially if you get a bunch of top-tier streamers to play this game for you. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see. We got two weeks. We'll find out. Um, okay, Cole. So, we this is the first thing that's going to excite you, right? Yeah. So... Um, THQ Nordic is a video game developer and Coke Media's, uh, Coke Media is another video game developer. They are, it's not Coke Brothers. (laughs) It just is a German name that they both share. (laughs) I just figured it was, what's the kid Coke who does the stupid (laughs) shirts is like, I'm gonna make video games. No, fortunately, I remember when I played, uh, um, shoot. Grand Theft Auto, but goofy. Um, Saints Row. Saints Row. <laughs> uh, the first time I, I played Saints Row, it popped up. It's like developed by Deep Silver, published by Coke Media. And I was like, oh no, do I have to hate this video game now? <laughs> so I looked it up. It's unrelated. Just both happen to be German. Um, anyway, THQ Nordic, Coke Media are both owned by the same parent company, but they are two very different developers. So think about this like um, the folks who make Sea of Thieves and the folks who make Hellblade, like both owned by Microsoft, both very much their own developer, both companies, right? Um, Last week just decided to start trading around video game IP, like some people trade baseball cards, I guess. So THQ Nordic gave away Painkiller and Red Faction to Coke Media. Coke Did they Media. announce it on 8chan? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Coke Media gave them the rights to Sacred, which is very exciting because it's one of Colby and I's favorite kind of Diablo clones, I guess. RPG, yeah. super good game. Sacred, Risen, Rush for Berlin, Second Sight, and Singles, Flirt Up Your Life. <laughs> I remember that game. So... It's not a guarantee that those are going to become games now. Who knows what will happen. But, man, I could love a new Sacred game. Sacred 1 and Sacred 2 were very good. Sacred 3, not so not much. Not so much. But the first two. I'd love two, a new uh, Red Faction right? game. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, back to Red Faction 2, not the third one. Absolutely. So I just thought that was very strange where they were just like, 
Yeah, I, I can just like picture like a bunch of executives like, well, okay, here's what I've got. Like, I don't know, it's cards or like one of those weird like basketball trades where five teams trade eight people. Like, okay, yeah. so I'm going to send this person over there and then you'll send this person over to there. And then like – Guarantee there's an easier way to make that trade. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, I believe we agreed during our uh, – intro that facebook has only caused one genocide so that i know that you know of so which genocide was that uh they it's a long story don't worry they didn't cause it they just kind of um helped it along i mean i am not shocked in any way i'm not shocked in any way anyway facebook's stupid um you know i'll be honest i used to say i only had a facebook account because i needed it for work I do not need it. I guess I probably still should put Facebook stuff up about Bite Me and my other podcasts. So. I only have it because old people use it. And <sighs> God, I hate old people. I don't know. Mom doesn't have Twitter. Thank God, though. Like, if mom had Twitter, that'd be real bad, Call Real bad. I post some things on Twitter that mom should not see. I had to private my account because I'm trying to find a job. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Dylan, you can help me out here. Your animal, I'm, I'm here. your animal crossing island is full of weeds, correct? There are weeds, and they just keep growing back. I presume because that's what weeds do. Correct, weeds do grow back. And so you go out and pick them to make your island beautiful and perfect, and yes, then do. you can sell them. You can sell them, yeah. or you could trade them to someone else who needed weeds. I guess. Can you make things out of them? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so you now know that there is a booming weed trade in. Animal Crossing. Uh, there is also multiple, multiple Facebook groups dedicated to Animal Crossing. Like, I am personally a member. I don't actually own the game, which is weird. But I am a member of, like, a Pacific Northwest Animal Crossing Facebook group. Because I thought it would be kind of a cool way to see what's going on and so on and so forth. Um, one of those things those groups facilitate is, like, hey, Dylan, bells are, you know, $5,000 or $500 or whatever on my island. Come to my island. You can you can do that. But those also will say, hey, I've got a bunch of weed. Who wants to buy it? Um, <laughs> and Facebook is seeing those accounts and going like, oh, my God, this is a group that is all about selling drugs. It's all about drugs. And so they're deleting all of those posts and threatening the admins of those groups with um, deletion of those groups. So to sum up. Facebook can't keep Nazis off their platform, but they're shutting down Animal Crossing groups because they think they might be selling weed. Ta-da! It's amazing. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give you a hint. They could keep Nazis off Facebook. <laughs> that seems unlikely, Colby. It's, it's weird that they can do that in Germany. <laughs> and... uh, Facebook's oh, stupid. All right. So, Colby. Owns a Raspberry Pi. I did, well, kind of. Colby's Raspberry Pi does not turn on anymore. <laughs> currently at your house. It is currently at my house. He's like, hey, can you look at this? I like, I did. I plugged it in and nothing happened. He's like, that's what happened on mine too when I did it. I think the HDMI port's gone. Either way, Colby is now in the market for a new Raspberry Pi because his sucks and doesn't want to start. Uh, the Raspberry Pi 4 just came out. Actually, the Raspberry F Pi 4 came out a little while ago. Still very reasonably priced, sub $100, depending on what model you get it in. Um, but up until now, um, 
the Raspberry Pi RetroPie, uh, which is what you use for emulation on those, did not run on the Raspberry Pi 4, but it just entered beta today or two days ago, and it's a big update. So these Raspberry Pi 4s are fast. Um, I'm, I would tell you that it has four 1.5 gigahertz, 64-bit ARM Cortex A72 CPU cores, but... That doesn't mean anything to me, let alone anything to you, but I am told they are very, very fast. You can also get them with up to four gigs of RAM. The moral of this story is you can emulate a bunch of crap on one of those. Um, probably up through, I know the N64 emulator will run on them. I know a PS1 emulator will run on them. It's pretty dope. So if you are into that emulation scene or you've thought about getting into that emulation scene, this is a great time to do it. Pick up one of those Raspberry Pi 4s. Um, although right now is maybe not the best time to do it just because they are expensive because they're sold out. Um, because a bunch of nerds were like, dude, I need a hobby for when I can't leave the house. And they just went out and bought them. So maybe wait a month or two. Pick up yourself a Raspberry Pi 2. It'll probably be further into beta. You can do that. The cool thing is these do include Wi-Fi, which is really nice. So you don't have to plug it in to get Wi-Fi. Oh, they nice. also include Bluetooth 5, um, which means that you can plug a Xbox controller into it directly without having to use wires, which is really nice. Um, they've got four USB ports, which is, I think, twice as many as mine has. And there's yeah. USB 3 on it, which is great. Um, it's got gigabit Ethernet if you want to plug it into something or if you need a way to transfer, say, I don't know, a couple hundred gigs of games over to it. Although I guess you can just do that on the SD card. But whatever, um, you can put it out to two 4K monitors if you want. But also that means you could probably put it out to one 4K TV if you want to play really old video games at really high resolutions. Um, it's just overall really cool. Um, it also uses micro SD. Um, so you can plug those in, which I mean, I think they all do. So that's not very exciting, but this is a great way if you want to get into emulation, um, I guess caveat emulation's illegal. So keep that in mind. Um, I do build me one. I will happily build you one. I might buy, build me one too. Who knows? Um, like I'm, I'm very excited about the being able to just plug a Xbox controller into it. I have two like USB, um, well, you can on the ones that we had. You can do a PS3 controller. Yeah, I hate the or a PS... PS4 controller. I don't know. I hate those more than I hate almost anything. So it was really weird to play with. I remember. Yeah, especially, but it worked better than like you know having to have an eight foot extender, absolutely of, uh, USB cable to play. Yep, and that's really what's kept me from using mine more is that I do have two like SNES style controllers for it, but. They're just a pain to get out. There's wires everywhere. My dog trips over. My dog can't walk, and so he just, like, drags himself across my controller thing, and it's messy. My kid trips over him. I trip over him. It's just not can, great. Can you do two Xbox controllers? Well, I believe so. I would assume so. Because that'd be great, because my wife actually... Uh, the reason I know that mine didn't work is I'm, she's like, I'd play Nintendo games. Oh, nice. And I'm like, cool, let's play Nintendo games. And I'm like, oh, of, of course. Of course it doesn't. <laughs> but I've got two Xbox controllers. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm interested in getting one, so I'll keep an eye out for them. Um, I, I'm actually really excited to be able to... Mine will not run N64 games very well. It will run some... some. And so, but not the ones you really want to play. And that's exactly it. And there's a bunch of N64 games that I would really like to play. I missed a lot of the N64 era of stuff. Well, I mean, 
Yes, like let me rephrase. You're right, Cole. I don't want to beat a bunch of N64 games, but I'd like to load up and screw Play. around with them for 30 yeah. minutes just so when someone says, like, I've never played Super Mario 64. Never. And that actually holds up fairly yeah. well. So don't don't play Goldeneye. Goldeneye was ugly at the time. Like there were No, it was really nice at the time. It was I played PC games at the time, trust me when I say it was ugly. It in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, Quake Two was I out. Mean, Quake Two was a way better looking game than Goldeneye. Uh, do you remember what Half Life looked like, Cliff? Yeah, Half Life was. I've played Half Life recently. It's not terrible. It looked like garbage. It looked they better. All looked like garbage. Yeah, but man, Half Life looked better than Goldeneye. Not by much. Yeah. Not not enough that I would be like, well, I mean, Half Life. Look at that yeah. versus. Goldeneye, where I'm like, they all look like yeah, garbage. It wasn't great, but there's there's some games on that platform that I would just like to play. Yeah. So, uh, oh, Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Snap. I've heard great things about it. Probably won't be playing that, that. game's So fun. I love. Colby love that game Snap. too. So fun. It uh, Pokemon Snap seems like a game that would make so much sense now because of like cell phone cameras and all games have photo modes. And I'm really shocked they have not brought that back. So Kingdom Hearts has a, a photo mode where you have to find hidden Mickeys throughout the game and snap pictures of them. And I hate it. I think we've discussed that Nintendo does not like money. It appears so. weird. Super weird. All right. I'm going to skip around on my show notes a little bit. Uh, and I'm going to go straight to Mario 64 because we we're talking about Super Mario 64 and and 64 games and so on and so forth. Uh, so a couple years ago, someone actually managed to like reverse engineer and decompile um, Mario 64, which is interesting. And up until now, it's literally like the code has just been sitting out on GitHub where anyone could download it and play around with it, which is kind of cool. Like it's a, it's a cool way to go look at how things like that were programmed, you know, a couple decades ago. And someone kind of like was thrown around the idea of like, wonder what would happen if we just download that and compiled it into a Windows executable. And the answer is, is that you can get Super Mario running via DirectX 12 on Windows 10, running at 4K, if that is kind of your cup of tea. Um, my understanding is that 4K is maybe not the best way to view um, a game that used like 240 textures but you know you do you it apparently scales pretty well it'll run um as fast as you want it to um although it apparently looks best at about 60 frames a second if you've got a pc you can just go i i, I won't tell you where to download it but i can't imagine it would be hard um and you can play mario 64 on modern hardware at uh big resolutions and fast frame rates. And apparently it's pretty fun. Like I've never played it, but I hear good things. So if you have a PC, you can go grab that right now. If you don't have a PC, you might have an Xbox. I hope you have an Xbox because I like mine a lot. But if you have a PlayStation, that's fine too. Uh, but if you have an Xbox, you probably notice they don't talk a lot about numbers. Um, they don't talk about their sales numbers. They don't talk about the number of Xboxes sold. Um, so on and so forth. And so when they do release a number, it's usually kind of interesting. And last week they released that they have 10 million people subscribing to Game Pass, which is a lot. Um, if you do just even the simple math on that, Game Pass costs between 10 and $15 a month-ish, um, which means they're making somewhere between 1.2 and what, one point. Seven, eight billion dollars a year just on Game Pass, <laughs> which is not 
which is not bad at all. Um, I think when people say things like, man, I just don't understand Game Pass. I don't understand how you could be profitable doing that. I understand why developers get into it. The answer is $1.2 billion a year. Like, that's enough money to go around right. and make a pretty mm. successful service. So, And I would assume it sells so, all the Xboxes. Do you have to have gold to have Game Pass? So, you can have them separately. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a really bad deal to do it that way because they're both 10 bucks a do. month. You don't have Game Pass Ultimate? No. It's 15 bucks a month. You save $5. I know. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I will sign up for it once because I, I buy my Game Pass oh, sure. uh, in chunks. And sure. so it, it, once it's up in November, well, you can convert I'll it. probably forget and have it. You can convert it. And it'll just... So that in November it just goes to that? No, no. So your existing one becomes Game Pass Ultimate. Well, yeah, but I'm still... I've already paid $65 last November. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though, is it'll just convert it now, and you'll end out with the same... You'll actually probably... It's a good deal if you convert it. Um, so it'll take... So you have, say... Let's say you have um, six months of each of them, right? Mm-hmm. You'll end up, I think, with nine months of Game Pass Ultimate. I think. I think that's how it works. Either way, it'll let you know beforehand how you do it. Like, I converted mine and I got, like, I've got Game Pass now through, I don't know, 2022, August. (laughs) So, yeah, you can, if you haven't done that, you can convert it. Like, a lot of people actually went out and bought um, cards for less than $60 because the conversion was so good. So, if if you still have them separate, convert it to Game Pass Ultimate because you actually save money. And I believe it'll just extend it out past where you are. So okay. save a little bit of money. I'll do that. Yeah, do that, Cole. Uh, I'm glad we had this conversation. See, that's why you should listen to this podcast. Colby learns things. You learn things. Everybody wins. Anyway, 10 million subscribers is lots. Um, I don't know how many PlayStation Now has. Maybe that many. Maybe more. Maybe less. I don't know. Uh, finally, we are going to do some uh, updates on stories we have talked about before um, I don't want to say to address things that were wrong, but to add extra information that has since come to light. So you remember, I'm going to say last week we talked about The Last of Us 2 leaking, correct? Is that right? Yeah. Seems like a long time. Quarantine time is weird. Um, last week we were talking about how this leaked, and the rumor at the time was that that uh, leak had come internally from a developer who was sad about working at Naughty Dog because they do things that people don't like, which is still true. (laughs) Uh, Jason Schreier, formerly of Kotaku, now works for Business Insider, I want to say, which was a real weird move, but hey, whatever, he's a brilliant journalist, I'll let it go, Uh, has tweeted saying that um, it was actually caused by a patch in an older Naughty Dog game allowed uh, access to developer servers. Whoopsie doodle. Um, interestingly enough, the people that did found that hack were not the people to do it. Um, they just were like, hey, dude, we found this hack. And then someone else went in and stole <laughs> all these uh, player videos off of servers. Um, Sony, Entertainment, Sony Interactive Entertainment has said they have identified the people that are responsible for doing it. Um, they're not affiliated with Naughty Dog or Sony, Sony Interactive Entertainment. God, that's a hard bunch of words to say um it's an ongoing investigation so so on and so forth but it did not come from internal it was actually a hack game is coming out june 19th so that's our update on the last of us 2 the 
update on the Doom Eternal soundtrack, I think, is actually a little more interesting than that. That was really just more like, hey, who hacked us, who didn't? Um, I'm a big fan of the Doom soundtrack. Uh, Doom Eternal's whatever, but like Doom 2016 is great, Wolfenstein is great, and Mick Gordon makes really, really good soundtracks. And so, like we reported, I'm going to say two weeks ago, people were kind of surprised when the Doom Eternal soundtrack wasn't great. It sounds kind of flat. The mixing isn't isn't terrific. Um, Mick Gordon went on Twitter, went on uh, a couple people's things, and just said like, yeah, you know, kind of implied that ID kind of dropped the ball. Um, things were being mixed internally by other people. He didn't get to mix them. And he's like, you'll really be able to hear the ones that I did because they're the good ones. And we at the time mentioned that the soundtrack, if you bought the special edition of this game, was coming but had not actually been delivered yet. And that turns out to be a, a very important part of this discussion. So uh, ID had contracted Mick Gordon to make this soundtrack. He did. He delivered um, the pieces for the video game itself. But those pieces are different than actually what it ends up, what ends up on the soundtrack. I had kind of always assumed, like, you make a soundtrack, you make a video game, they all work the same. But when you really think about it, like, soundtrack parts work differently than a soundtrack does. They come in, they come out, depending on what area you're in, right. so on and so forth, right? So ID had those pieces, the pieces they needed to make the video game. It got close to the release. McGordon said, like, hey, I need more time to finish the album tracks and to mix them. And he's like, I need four weeks. ID, according to them, said, cool, take six. We'll push back the release of the, the stuff and so on and so forth. Um, they got in four weeks, five weeks, started getting real worried that Mick Gordon wasn't actually going to deliver the soundtrack. And it turns out he didn't. So what they did is they took the pieces they had and mixed those down into the soundtrack. So the reason they don't sound as good is because they're not working with the masters that Mick Gordon worked with. Um, this is according to, uh, Doom Eternal executive producer Marty Stratton. So he effectively says the reason the soundtrack's bad is because Mick Gordon didn't finish it. He didn't give us the tracks that we requested. We gave him everything he wanted and he still did not deliver it. So the bad news is, is the soundtrack's not great and Mick Gordon will not be the composer on the Doom Eternal DLC. So bummer because those soundtracks are really good and it kind of sucks for it to kind of end up this way. So... I don't know. So weird. Right? It's super weird. And I mean, it's super weird for a dude who has worked with that company for a long time. Right. Like, I'm I'm going to say it's a decade. It's not his first rodeo. No. Um, and so I don't know if it's a... It's pre-coronavirus, as far as I can tell. He requested um, an extension, like, at the end of February. So that was, like kind of the beginnings of coronavirus stuff, but I wouldn't have thought that it would have been impacted by that. Like, I don't know, maybe dude had a rough Christmas. It's it's hard to say, but uh, it's just too bad because I, I love those soundtracks and I would have liked to hear what it would have been like and I would have liked to hear him work on it going forward. So has he released a statement? His statement was a couple of just very loose, like, you'll be able to tell the ones that I did and I'm not working with ID anymore. 
So hmm. I don't think they've reached That's out for. I know that a couple places have reached out for more information and have not gotten anything back. So I don't know. I mean, this obviously could be a he said, she said kind of situation. We may never find out what the actual answer is. But I mean, you you would think that, I mean, ultimately that's like a breach of contract situation. So you would think a yeah. company like ID backed up by a company like Bethesda would probably be saying like, hey, the soundtrack kind of sucks and people are pissed. Interestingly enough, like the... I don't want to say that the response isn't what you'd expect because the response is exactly what you'd expect. Um, I made the mistake of reading the comments and the comments are... Um, I can't, you know, that people just don't believe what Bethesda's saying. They think they're lying. Um, a lot of people saying, like, did you guys go read the article? And, oh, yeah, I totally did, but it's totally not true. Um, a lot of throwing Bethesda under the bus. So I, it's interesting because what you would expect would actually be a bunch of gamers, like, think Fallout 76. What you'd expect is a bunch of gamers saying, I paid a bunch of money to get this soundtrack and the soundtrack sucks and I blame the person responsible for the, the soundtrack. But it actually really sounds like they're actually blaming the people that commissioned the soundtrack, which is strange. I don't think you know how much gamers appear to hate Bethesda. I just don't understand why. Like, I get why you'd hate EEA, sort of, I guess. Like... I mean, not really, but whatever. I guess they hate all corporations, but whatever. But like, what has Bethesda done? Like, I, they put out a Fallout game they people didn't like. Buggy games. Yeah, I guess. Come whatever. on, Cliff. <laughs> I just have a hard time building up my gamer rage these days. I guess it's fine. Um. Anyway, I think we are going to take a quick break now um, because that's the thing we do now. Like, I have to pay for a bunch of web hosting and bull crap that I didn't have to pay for before. So we got commercials. I'm real sorry. If you hate them, I guess, like, they're probably 30 seconds long. I just skipped through mine. Like, I don't listen to podcast commercials. That's an okay thing to say before a break, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, ads. Yeah. <laughs> hey, welcome back. You just listened to ads. I hope you like them. Who are they for, Call Raytheon. Raytheon. They make the best missiles, according to Behind the Bastards, which I think is also sponsored by Raytheon. So good on them. We've got questions. I'm so sorry, again, that we screwed up questions last week. That was entirely my fault, actually. Although you could blame Colby for dropping from this call. I don't think you can blame <laughs> me for my internet just like going like, uh, I don't think I should have internet for a second. Colby should. It said no. So wait, 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 wait. It was not my fault. It was not Colby's fault. Comcast. Comcast's fault. <laughs> it's fair. I like it. I honestly don't know because I still had internet. It was. It might have actually been Squadcast's fault. It was just like, hey, your internet connection's dead. I'm like, Ooh, I'm looking at Squadcast it. Fault. I won't blame Squadcast because Squadcast is really expensive now, but they let me stay grandfathered in at 20 bucks a month. And so... Wasn't Squadcast's fault. Obviously not Squadcast's fault. And have you heard how good our podcast sounds when all three of us are remote from each other? Like, if you listen to other podcasts that are doing this right now and sound like garbage, just keep that in mind. Uh, all right, Vinny. Sorry, Dylan, please. Hey, yo, Vinny. You eating a fluff another sandwich? He's not, but Sizzler does have a great salad bar, Dylan. Yeah. Well, I was reading about Fluffernutters, and apparently they're very popular in Massachusetts. 
Really? Which I would not have guessed. And some people think it should be the state sandwich. Makes sense. I didn't really know states had sandwiches. States have everything, man. States have everything. It's I know. It's super it's weird. weird. Um, I have never had a fluff and nutter, but my dad loves them. So I can confirm that it's pretty good. Are they kind of sticky? So you know, they sound sticky to me. Um, I mean, in the sense that if you have a beard, you probably want to eat tread carefully. I cut my goatee very so, short, so currently I'm good. You know what you make? S'mores toast. Oh. So you get you get some white bread, and then you put Nutella on it, and then you put marshmallow fluff on it, then you put it in the toaster oven for a little bit, get it all warm. S'mores toast. That sounds good. That sounds really good. I can I can get into that. All right. Anyway, Vinny, your question was not about s'mores or fluff and nutter sandwiches, which I guess if you don't know, that's peanut butter and marshmallow fluff on bread. Good. Uh, Vinny wants to know if you had to do a weekly podcast based on one video game. So you're doing a podcast that is only about one video game. What would it be and what would you talk about? A really long video a game. A really long video game. Um, one, I've only ever listened to one podcast that did this. Uh, that was just a podcast about a singular video game that went on for multiple, multiple, multiple episodes. And uh, that was a podcast done by um, Jared. Oh, shoot. Do you remember his name? Cole? He used to work for IGN. Kushner. Not Jared Kushner. I don't remember his name. Jared, he's know. such a great podcast. Hope he does. It, Subway Jared. It was not Subway Jared either. Vogel? That's Subway Jared, isn't it? <laughs> Yes. Uh, I'm out of Jared's. I don't know. He worked for. Um, uh, did he get it at Jared's? He did not. He, he went to Jared. He did not. Hey, maybe he did. I don't know. He went to Jared. He uh, he, he went to Jared. He worked f- uh, with. Uh, this is not helping, Cliff. I'm not going to come up with this name by the guy from IGN. Oh, him. Oh, he's such a good podcast host. Anyway. You know, me, who has my thumb on the pulse of all of you IGN know, podcast. gaming. You know. He's really funny. I really like him. He's, he knows a ton about video games. He's got another podcast called Pockets Full of Soup, which I enjoy. Um, anyway, he did a Fallout 4-based podcast, and it was really good. Um, See, I was going to say Fallout 3 for mine. Yeah, I, I think the Fallout universe in general is fun just because so much of what that game is is what you make out of it. Um, like, I actually, like, for a while, not very long, but I actually, like, created, uh, like, a series of blog posts written from the standpoint of my character. Nerd! <laughs> not saying I'm not. And it was really fun just, like, writing almost, like, diary entries from what my character did. Nerd! I stopped. I only did, like, five. Um... But it was it was interesting to be able to, um, to be able to look at it from the perspective of the stories you're finding in the game. And was it? It quite? was. Well, for me, I don't I don't think anyone read them. Call it was it was an exercise in in something I enjoyed. It was posterity. Yeah, yeah. But I think that like I really enjoyed listening to their Fallout Four podcast um, because it was so much about not. Like, when we talk about things, a lot of time it's like, what's the plot of the game? And their their podcast was really more like, what stories have you found within that game? Um, and because they were playing the same game, a lot of the stories were shared, but they approached them from different ways. Like, uh, you know, they don't do things in the same order because it's this giant open world game that lets you kind of approach it any way you want. So I think I think a Fallout, it doesn't have to be Fallout 4, it could be 3, it could be 76. They're all that type of game. I love Fallout 3. Yeah, I think Fallout 3 is great. 
almost 200 hours into it. So. Yeah. So I think you could do something fun with uh, maybe like World of Warcraft too. Skyrim. Skyrim. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Just those giant open world games that have interesting stories to tell. So. I would travel back in time and do it with uh, Star Wars Galaxies. Yeah. Oh, man. Star Wars Galaxies was such a great game. And our clan was so cool. Like, that was so much I fun. Know. I wish that game existed still. Like, it kind of does, but. Kind of. It's. If you have the original disc, which I do. I don't. I got rid of mine 15 years ago, which is a bummer. 10 years ago. But anyway. Probably get it on eBay. You know what exists I mean, again now? I mean, I don't have a computer, so that's, that's a problem. kind of an issue. So you should send me your discs and I can play it. And I'll tell you about it. We'll do a podcast. It'll be great. You know what also exists now, Cole, like as a throwback? Um, you played Toontown Online with me, didn't you? Uh-huh. Yeah, Toontown Online exists again. Like there are oh, live yeah, servers of that. It's crazy. So yeah. it's a wackadoo Disney That video was game. a game we put way too much time into considering what it was. It was a, a really weird like MMO that Disney put out that had no you could not talk in the game you could only gesture because it was aimed at kids and for some reason like i was probably 22 so colby was like 18 my friend mitch was like my age and my wife um we used to play it every night from like 10 o'clock at night until three in the morning (laughs) just like defeating these evil corporations in this weird disney game I only had dial-up internet access. I had free... I was unemployed at the time. So I had Juno internet access, um, which was free. You just had to like put up with ads across the bottom. Dial-up internet access that I networked over to my wife's computer so we could share a single 56K connection so we could both play Toontown online at the same time. It was a very, very weird time. And then I got a job and had to go from playing video games from 10 at night to 3 in the morning to waking up at 6 to drive to Park City, probably was not normal, yeah. <laughs> which no. means nothing to anyone but Colby and I, but it was like an hour away. It was a long drive. Anyway, Dylan, what video game would you do a podcast about? <laughs> um, I guess kind of along the similar idea, I think Sea of Thieves oh, is yeah. a good um, world to do that in yep. because... To me, the game is very much just a role-playing game. Yep. It's like playing Dungeons and Dragons because all like it really just gives you a world that there's not there's not much more to it other than a world with rules that you play within, and the stories pretty much are what happens when you play. Absolutely. Um, whereas you might be in the fog one moment and then you get attacked by a megalodon and you don't particularly have a lot of resources this time. So because of all those situations combined, um, it creates a very different experience than any one that a story would create for you. That is like saying that Sea of Thieves is essentially like D and D, but with pirates, it's just D and D that's, that's that's why I like it so much is because when I play with Vinny, it's just like, we're just role playing. Like, we don't talk in the pirate voices as much anymore, which we totally did when right when it came out. It was because it was just like Funny, fun yeah. to do. But other than that, like it's just D and D. It's just a pirate world to role play and be pirate. I never thought about that. That is absolutely a brilliant way to describe it, though, Dylan. That's really good. Cool. Well, I think uh, Vinny would probably agree with you on that. Maybe you and Vinny should start a Sea of Thieves podcast. <laughs> I know. I do it. I think at that point you should just stream Sea of Thieves and. And do a and dress up as pirates. So I think resources would be best spent that way. I but. think you should 100% do that, Dylan. <laughs> 
Absolutely, you should do that. All right, Mr. Polite. Uh, he missed a qu- asking a question last week, which is now like four weeks ago, so it's fine. Um, he has a question for us to consider. Is there someone that you were in competition with even though they don't know? For example, I am in competition with my friends for um, achievements and trophies. He slowed down with his PlayStation friends because he's like 20 levels above his nearest friend on the PlayStation, so... He thinks he won that battle, even though the other person does not know. It's a no, they're competing. exactly. It's a much closer. <laughs> the best competitions are one that the other player doesn't. You know almost always win, and even if you lose, who knows, Dylan? It's fine. And if you lose, it's very sad. <laughs> but you just don't tell anyone. Exactly. It's a much closer competition with Xbox. He's only a few thousand above my nearest friend. So just so you remember, we're now getting into the territory of questions we have answered in the past. <laughs> so we should be better at answering we are them. not going to be better at answering them oh man should we have looked up cheers oh crap i forgot to look up cheers anyway that's fine we'll muddle through it again it'll be great um <laughs> I, you know i think i think the overall consensus for me last time was that no not really i'm exceptionally competitive but I, maybe you just don't Maybe competitive competition isn't fun unless the person knows. Um, (laughs) When I was young, this is not gaming related, um, but when I was younger, like way younger, 16, 17, 18, I was in competition with every single person I ever stopped at a red light with. Um, They did (laughs) not know, and I drove a short bed pickup truck, which was not excellent for that form of competition but um regardless i was in competition with every single person that i ever stopped at a red light with and i you know i mean i would say i won more than i lost so that's that's not bad right of course you should you always want to win more than you exactly then you're then you're okay i mean there's probably competitions that you don't want to win no always win never lose what if your competition's like best at getting cancer I'm still going to do it the best. Good, good on you, Dylan. I like that. I got like three forms, yo. <laughs> I like that winning attitude. Cole, who are you in competition with? Metastasized. I don't screw around. Um, unlike you, I am incredibly uncompetitive. So nobody. so nobody. He's kicking my butt on Xbox. Uh, what are they called? Xbox gamer, gamer, score? Score? gamer score. Yeah, he's like he's got twice the gamer score I do. He's a real gamer, unlike you. Uh, unlike you, Cliff. I mean, a, I did beat three games this week. You're a lowercase g gamer. I, thank God, first of all. Um, <laughs> second of all, like I don't think I've ever, ever told anyone that I am actually a gamer. <laughs> like, it, yeah, it's, I've never. It's okay. I've never said that. I play video games, but I am not a gamer. That's all right. Oh, right. I tell it to all the women I met before I met my wife. And um, I think that actually explains a lot about your dating life before you met your wife. Did you tell her at some point? Just Uh, let that be a surprise. (laughs) And now Colby's married with a kid. So what do you do for fun? Uh, You'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. Dylan, who are you competing with? Um, last time I kind of explained that I don't think I do compete with anyone secretly or much at all. Um, bunch of soy boys on this podcast yeah it's all right it's again i explained last time was probably mostly because of not having overlapping interests with enough people to actually compete with um 
Like there was a time younger when me and a few of friends we played like Warhammer, so we were we were pretty competitive with our miniature wargaming because we would do it frequently enough um, that that was a point in life. Um, but then after that, once you kind of do other things with your life, then you have to go to like a game store and play with strangers. So that sort of competition is a little different. Um, but I guess there was a time too when playing a lot of Call of Duty, everyone cared about their kill-death ratio. Ugh. And it was just so obnoxious. Like... Shut up. Win the game. I don't care if you... You still lost. I don't care if you hit in the corner. (laughs) When I worked at the grocery store, um, there was a bunch of guys that played Call of Duty. And they found out. They're like, oh, you play Call of Duty? I'm like, yeah. They're like, well, we stay up after work in the morning and play. Do you want to play with us? I'm like, yeah, sure. And they're like, well, we do... Like, I don't know, some weird thing where they... It's no-scoping each other. Um they put so they're doing practice yeah that's like lines. yeah they're like i'm like okay whatever and they're like so do you want do you mind doing that i'm like no not at all and they're like okay so you have to have a sniper rifle and you can't use a scope i'm like okay that's fine and they all chose their sniper rifles and i just chose the like 50 caliber sniper rifle that's semi-automatic and with they're using bolt action so like i would just get their one shot to miss <laughs> right. and then just like unload 10 rounds into them before they could you know put another one in there and i'm like okay i won they're like well you can't use that sniper rifle i'm like i don't know well, why I, not? you guys said sniper rifles and i didn't use scope so pretty sure i won guys <laughs> they never asked colby back again <laughs> nope i literally never played with them again <laughs> Again, you play to win. You don't play to lose. So I will say, I mean, I played smarter than you know, harder. I guess I don't know. I will say uh, two things. One, I've played Overcooked two with Dylan. Dylan is exceptionally competitive, and every day Dylan spends every day being taller than almost anyone I else. Do. It, like he wins. I will. He wins it tall. I I will. I will be taller than you. I'll just do it. There's a. Uh, I guess this is this is gonna take me a while to get used to, but the place I used to work, <laughs> Dylan yeah. Dylan works there, and there was another dude at our work that was as tall as Dylan, and there was another guy on our floor that was as tall as Dylan, and I get in that elevator like it happened. I'm gonna say two or three times, and I'm like, it is so tall in here right now. Like I just don't like I'm not short. I'm six one, but like there was so yeah. much height in that elevator. Like I love. Love the picture of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger next to uh, Andre the Giant yeah. and oh the other dude from Conan I can't think of his name uh, Wilt Chamberlain yep. and he just looks like a tiny tiny little <laughs> man next to both of those guys I love it uh, all right next question is from I deliver things. Um, so like, this is a, a long foreign story and unfortunately we had to break this up over multiple weeks, but for some reason, Eddie is trying to kill me. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> the joke has been, the lost. joke has been lost, but it's fine. <laughs> it's absolutely fine. If you join our discord, which used to be at, um, bite me podcast.com slash discord. It's not anymore. I don't know how you'll find it. I guess find us on Facebook and I'll point you there. But anyway, if you were there, um, he explained it, and but there's actually a Kill Cliff channel in there where people just kill me occasionally. I don't know how it happened. I don't even know where that even came. I from. presume I created it, but I don't know why. It just doesn't. I think Tim kept killing. That you. could be. Yeah, that would make sense. There's also a Kill Cliff energy drink. I don't understand why everyone wants me dead. <laughs> Regardless, as I sit on this perch, sipping on my last carton of high C, waiting on a clear shot at that elusive cliff, a question pops to mind. Open bar. 
Open a bar. There should be a there. Open a bar for the toughest video game characters. Who will be the bouncer for this bar and who will be your usuals inside? Think of Cheers, but tougher. So we discovered two things um, during this conversation last time. Nobody likes high C, that, except for high C orange, right? High C orange. Yeah, but all other high Cs are garbage once you get over the age of like... Ecto cooler is pretty good. Have you had one lately, though? Well, since they discontinued it when I was... 16, is that not one of those things that they re-released? They did, but I couldn't oh, get any bummer. of it. Yeah, I I bet you it was not good. Like, High C, not good. Capri Sun, not good. Sunny D, not good. Not good. Not Purple good. stuff? Might be all right. Depends. Uh, what are those Kool-Aid ones? The one where we have to, like, twist off the top? Twisters. Those things are terrible. Absolutely terrible. They're awful. Anyway. Moral of the story is the other thing we found out is that none of us have seen Cheers in any way that's meaningful. So <laughs> it's okay. We muddled through this last time. We're going to muddle through it again. Are we? It's it going like, just it's as going well. just 20 minutes of us going like, I don't know. George Went would be played by, I don't know. We'll figure it out. So Bouncer, we okay. decided who was the Bouncer. I don't know. I'm going to throw out the main dude from uh, Hotline Miami just because... Think he he would, gets uh, stuff done. I've, I've never yeah, played it, but I think it's good. fine. Yeah, I think it's good. Okay, George Went, big dude, kind of funny, drinks a lot. I think I decided that there was a Toy Story world in um, in Kingdom Hearts yeah. 3, and so he should be played by the pig. Correct, except that's John Ratzenberger, who is from Cheers. Don't um, care. He's being played by Ham. George Ratzenberger. Okay. From okay, yeah. so that that's fine. So there's a pig there. Who plays Cliff Clavin? Who is John Ratzenberger? <laughs> Has George Went ever been in a video game? <laughs> Probably. Was he in? Hmm. Okay, so George Went. I want to say was actually in Wreck It Ralph. Maybe. Yeah. Could be. Okay, I'm. Nope, does not look like it's it. It's fine. I'm gonna say that. Uh, Cliff Clavin's character is played by the um, mailman slash. Um, oh, from Postal. Oh, uh, it could be Postal. Postal is a good a good option. I was going to say for that pinball game, um, the the one where you're a what are those bugs called that like roll poop around dung beetle? Dung beetle. Yeah. Oh, uh, from uh, Yoku's Island Express. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I say okay. that we have. Probably better than the guy from Postal. No, I think we have both of them. The dude from Postal and um, the dung beetle from Yoku's Island Express. Like, neither of them are probably very good Postal workers, so you might need both of them. Um, As a small aside, we were talking about um, the dude who says, what you talking about, Willis, from Different Strokes? Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman. Thank you. Thank God you guys are here. Like, this is the backup I need is people to remember the things that I can't remember. We were talking about Billy, uh, Gary Coleman the other day. And so I went out to his Wikipedia because I forgot he as one, as one does because I forgot he died. That's Tim's fault too. A lot of things here are Tim's fault. I'll be honest. Um, Tim doesn't even listen to this podcast because he doesn't know we're talking smack about him. It's fine. Um, that's the best. It is really the best. That's why I talk crap about mom and dad too. Oh, that's good. Anyway, I forgot that Gary Coleman died. I went out to his uh, yeah. Wikipedia and of the four pictures of him on Wikipedia, one's just like a headshot, a couple shots from different strokes. One is him at the Postal 2 premiere, which I thought was very strange. <laughs> if uh, you ever wanted to see Dave Foley's junk, you can just watch the Postal movie. 
I did not want to see Dave. I can't believe Dave Foley's in it. Frontal Dave Foley in post. I really like Dave Foley as an actor too, and I it makes me kind of sad that he was. You in could see movies. him. I do not like him that frontal. much as an actor. <laughs> I do not like that part of his acting repertoire. I kind of liked him in. Uh, News radio. News radio. I liked him in news radio a lot. And he's also in... Did you ever wonder what was under that suit? Because if you watch Postal... <laughs> I did not. Um, I liked him in uh, Blast from the Past a lot, too. He was good in that. Uh-huh. played uh, Alicia Silverstone's brother. All right. Um, Woody from Cheers. We Did we decide he was going to be Woody from Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> it's just... No. It, really, this, this bar is just inhabited by... Characters. Okay, fine. Um, Ted Danson, kind of suave, kind of a ladies' man. I literally don't. Man, I wish we said. hadn't lost this recording. This is great, great podcast. Oh, it's so though. good. We're just like I don't know that that thing that happened the last whatever. Time, it uh, it was Pick funny, guys. Goal, really, leading character. Um, oh, Nathan Drake. We the, decided it was Nathan Drake. Yeah, Nathan, Drake. Nathan Drake. And then uh, who's the last one? Shelly. No, not Shelly Duvall. Uh, Shelly Shelley Long. Long. Is that right? Or Kirstie, Kirstie Alley. Alley. Who's playing Kirstie Alley? I don't know. Who's a crazy Scientologist in a video game? Uh, Princess Peach. She seems like she might be into that. Okay. Uh, done. Totally. Got it. She seems like an MLM kind of person. Right? She just like e- Even though she's a princess, she's bored and she's like, hey, you want some, you know. Some, She'd like uh, try and sucker her sub essential oils, sucker her subjects into buying stuff from her, <laughs> and they feel like have they have to. to. There's They're like some like, obligation. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, all right, so thank you, Eddie. Please don't shoot me; it will make me sad, and I have a family to support. Um, so, guys, last week we went through the entire cast of Cheers. <laughs> there, oh, who was Frasier? I don't. I don't even know anymore. It doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, plus I didn't have the IMDb page open to Cheers, so last time we were just like vaguely grasping in the dark about who was on. So Cheers. is it better that we didn't keep that recording? I'm pretty sure pretty it sure. is. All right, it's, just, it's the same reason I deleted my question. No one wanted to hear thirty minutes of you know talk about. Predator. We did talk about Predator a lot. All right, we got a couple more questions here. Uh, Chad Martinez says, are any of you playing Valorant? It is in beta, but it is very fun. Uh, the answer this week as last week, I assume, is still no. <laughs> nope. No, but I'd like to check yeah, it out. Yeah, same. Like, I I know it's a game that I'm going to suck it, at. It needs a better name. Right? Because it really does. It, it's like a CSGO game, but you tell me Valorant, and I'm like, oh, sweet. I've got a sword and a shield. Yeah, it's not good. Um, I also I did find out that it was the... <laughs> I did look up the word last time, though, which was pretty funny. Right? That it was like a weird, like, participle version of v- valor or something, which meant to value. Why it was not- a, it was a better joke last time, right. but we lost okay. it. So. Why not name it Valor? Because that's at least like you can think it's of actually like, a oh, word. military, like, kind of thing. Instead of Valorant, which makes me think of some sort of, like, knight. I will. It absolutely does sound like it. Do, it sounds like a fantasy game. Um, yeah. I will tell you that I did run across this article. I did not include it in the news section because it wasn't that interesting, but I forgot we had this question. So maybe it is again. Um, Valorant players don't like that Valorant's top rank is Valorant. <laughs> so it is not only the name of the game, but if you reach their top it's rank, what you're striving to be. you are trying to become Valorant. <laughs> 
anyway, it's a terrible name. I hear it's a good game, though. It's kind of CSGO-esque. Um, I'm terrible at CSGO, but I love it conceptually. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's good. Maybe it's good. Uh, That's how I feel about marriage. <laughs> You're terrible my at it. My wife doesn't but... listen to the podcast either. So. <laughs> See, unfortunately, my wife doesn't listen to the podcast, but she's right outside this door, so she hears <laughs> everything I say. Um, every once in a while, I come out of this podcast, she's like, what did you mean by that? I'm like, I don't remember. You'll have to listen. I'm just trying to get the download, I'll be honest. Uh, thanks, Chad. Appreciate it. Kim Cruz wants to know, what features do you wish the next console would have, even if it may be impossible? His uh, were crossplay and uh, a rental service for games, which we, I think, agreed. Crossplay, great. Everything should have crossplay, cross progression. Just get it out there. Rental service for game, great idea. Never going to happen. Never gonna. Uh, what were? Let, why don't we start with you? I remember what Colby says. Let's see what he says this time. Crap, I don't remember what it was. Colby's last um, time. Uh, the thing that I always want, which is like for games to actually make, um, like if you're let's say Grand Theft Auto, you can go in any store. Yep. Right. Um, I will That's also. What I, want I think we also talked about like AI voice actors yeah. for like ter- like you know, small characters that you know. Side characters, um, yeah, kind of. Yeah, thing. so I think the the idea is is that next generation, um, both will have more processing power, which in theory they'll probably just stuff into graphics. But I don't know why graphics need to get any better. To be frank, um, for the most part, games look. Am I still Colby? No, you also have to be Frank. Mm-hmm. We're all named Frank now. This is a weird podcast, but it happens. Um, they will probably stuff it into making games run, you know, 4K, 60, whatever, fine. Um, I personally would rather have games run 1080, 60, or 1080, 30, whatever, and use that extra stuff to do things like, yeah, procedurally generate the inside of every apartment. Like, I mean, I don't know how, at what point that gets boring. Like, you just go into apartment after apartment after apartment, and there's weird people hanging around. But, you know, it's kind of an interesting idea. I think I think the thing is, is that so many games are feel empty because, uh-huh. um, because they, they are. are. You look at a city street, and you go, like, there should be more people here. Um, you know, like, I mean, yeah, you're downtown salt lake yeah maybe there aren't a lot of people walking around but downtown new york downtown la there's people walking around all the time um it would be awesome if they could do things like hey those people are all waiting at a bus stop a bus comes along and picks them up and takes them somewhere um then the other thing we were saying is like it would be really cool if you could feed in a bunch of dialogue to AI and an AI would be able to first of all take that dialogue and make more dialogue out of it that made sense but then use like a Siri type thing or a a voice generator type thing and make it so people are just chattering so when you're walking down the street it wasn't eerily silent but people were actually talking to each other and not just saying the same thing over and over I took an arrow to the knee oh my god it's terrible but I think that those are things that are theoretically possible with either the computing power we have now or like the power of the cloud um and it you do love the cloud right and it would take yes it would take effort it would absolutely take effort but it would make games feel so much bigger and more full so um I love being full 
I love being full too, Dylan. Being full's great. I love eating. I had. I I want games to feel less like games and more like. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's little things like. And I, and I think the thing is, is there are games that felt that way. Red Dead Redemption. The towns felt Devers. full. Yep. They felt um, like the people in it were living. The people lives. felt real. Um, yeah. Like as inconvenient as it is to come to a town and not be able to do something because it's nighttime and that person went to bed there's a certain degree of realism to that it's kind of interesting though when you go and you know honestly like though what i would like what what would be the perfect culmination of this you go to a store and it's closed because um that person has a schedule they went to bed they do things um but then, like in Skyrim, do you remember like going into the sh- like you you go into the shop? And they're like, "There's no one here," but you go upstairs, and that's where the shopkeeper sleeps because that's what he does. And you wake him up, and he's just like, "Hey, okay, I guess you want to buy some stuff. I'm awake now." <laughs> and not like, "What are you doing in my house? Get out of here and start shooting at you!" <laughs> like, I would love that level of interactivity in a video game. Um, well, like even you know, like the old like kind of Link, you know. Legend of Zelda thing where you just wander into random people's houses like well, I'm gonna break all your jars and they're like okay we're gonna sit and uh-huh. watch you and not say yeah. anything. I just I would love to see more use of AI, more use of and honestly you know I would love to see more use of companies building these things and sharing them with other companies. I would love to see a culture of uh, and this is probably where things get impossible because of things like IP and uh, yeah. patents and so on and so forth. But can you imagine how much better games could be if like when you hear that um uh shoot PUBG is getting the water from Sea of Thieves because they're both have some weird Microsoft connection and then they don't have to do that. Like how much better could video games be and how much better could it be would working in the video game industry be if when you got a cool feature, you were just like, hey, here's this thing. And maybe you license it. Like maybe there is money exchanged, but then you don't have to invent the wheel every time. How much cooler could video games be if we would just put that stuff out there? So yeah. anyway, Chris or Kim, very, very, very good question. Appreciate it. Um, do you guys have any? I'm sorry. Any other thoughts before? I don't think we got you, Dylan. Do you have thoughts, hopes, dreams? I, that is the same kind of the fact. I want to be able to go in a building in GTA. Yeah. Like, for a, like that's literally all I've. Ever I would like wanted. a cool car to drive by, and by the time I turn around, for it not to be gone. Like I would love for those things to be persistent. I would like if like items weren't just like sorry, we can only keep these on the screen for three minutes. Um, yeah. Like I'd love like how cool would it be in in uh, Red Dead Redemption if you went up into the mountains and you walked through the snow and then you went back the next day and your footprints were still there, like you know the little things. Uh, Joe, so Joe has probably the longest question that we've ever answered on this podcast. Um, Dylan and I had a lot of things to say about it last week. We'll see how this goes. I don't, I don't know. We'll, 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 it will not be recreated. Yeah, never is. It was, it was a great conversation, guys. It was a great conversation. I'm sorry. You messed up. I just stayed quietly in the background and read. (laughs) So Joe Coleslaw says, what up guys? He's been away for a while. Life happens, but thank you for letting the show go on. I'm not sure how this will be read on the podcast. It'll be just like this, Joe, but like O'Reilly says, we do it live. Actually, we're not live. We're pre-recorded. I could just like stop here and we could talk about other things for like 15 minutes. I just chop that out and you'd never know about it. We do that. But we don't. We do might. That. You, uh, Dylan might not know about it. But you would never know. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yesterday, I made the hardest gaming sacrifice I have had to face. 
uh, forever for the better. I bought Animal Crossing New Horizons on a whim after watching it and hearing plenty of talk about the game for days after its release. His stepdaughter was excited when she learned that he bought the game. Five days later, she comes to find out she is not the island representative of her own island, but a resident of Joe's Island, which is named Wise Acres. Needless to say, she played for a day and not much more. Flash forward, Joe has put 150 hours into that game, which is a lot, and his girlfriend dropped a hint that her daughter was disappointed and asked if she could buy another game or a memory card or something else to let her have her own island. Unfortunately, the only two options are to buy another Switch and another copy of the game, which is a lot of money, even if you can buy one, which you can't. Unfortunately, uh, sorry. Being in my position, I wanted to do what was right and responsible. So, RIP Wise Acres. Pernal sacrifices are not talked nor really talked about. It's just something you do. Have any of you made some sort of gaming sacrifice to benefit your kid's spouse or family member? So, last week we did not have an update, but we have heard more from Joe since then. It's not great. He blew up Wiseacres. His stepdaughter has made her own island and has a house set up. Um, and he has a house as well, but he's not doing on much on her island. If you would like someone to service your island, hit him up. So Joe will come do your weed for you and then sell it on Facebook, is my understanding. So <laughs> That's my understanding. Dylan, explain, explain your thoughts on Animal Crossing and why this is actually the correct thing for the fine folks at whoever the heck makes Animal Crossing to do. Nintendo. Nintendo. Is it actually developed in-house by Nintendo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Go yeah. Nintendo. Well, like last week, our conversation did not answer the question at all, but we talked about Animal Crossing instead. That's fine. Um, do we want to answer that question first, or do we... Sure. Uh, yeah. I don't... Dylan has opinions. Dylan thinks that this is... Dylan well, thinks this is correct. That's... Is that overstating uh, things? Oversimplification. <laughs> yes. But I... It does not bother me as much as it bothers some with the caveat that I believe there is much better things that could be implemented to make this function in a best of both world situation. Um, when I heard the snafu, I guess, of the one island and people being upset about it, I kind of wondered like why this happens first. Um, because I think that's a good place to start rather than just being upset. Um, and I don't know if it's 100% true or whatever. But wait, wait, wait. You I might read... have just been making this stuff up, Dylan? Well, I, <laughs> who knows what you read on the internet. Like, Unless I heard it from a developer of Animal Crossing. But somewhere out there, I read, and it makes sense, that they tried to come up with a a game that could be played by multiple people not at the same time, which is kind of unlike most games that you play with each other at the same time, but not together in like this persistent world. Um, and this might be something that they've, well, it's something they've done throughout the history of animal crossing, um, which I think that is a cool idea. Um, now I guess the problem happens when, we've come this far and people expect to have their own island because that's kind of what the game's about um and i don't i might disagree with that because the game is very much about being a part of an island um so i think being mad at the one island thing is kind of misrepresenting the game 
in a way and i think people might be able to have more fun if they played the game with that in mind um i guess that's kind of the simple version yeah um i think i think people are missing what you can do in the game and enjoy it expecting that they should be able to have full control over this world that is theirs but in reality it's not because that's not really what animal crossing is meant to be um now with all that said i totally think that some more options would be better i think being able to give admin privileges like i understand that you you may or may not want your kid to come in and completely wreck everything you've done but at the same time like I think that might be part of having a kid. I don't know. Um, like seeing what they come up with might be interesting as well. But having the option to maybe say, okay, maybe maybe you can do this and you can't do that rather than just saying this one person is able to do all this other stuff and no one else can ever do that stuff, which is kind of weird that it's such a hard line and you can't actually grant any privileges. Um I don't know. I uh, I'm back with you. Like when you said that, like we didn't actually answer your question. You're actually right. We did not answer. We just talked about Animal Crossing for a long time. I kind of forgot. Um, I think that having one island is about the dumbest thing in the entire world, and I um, extremely disagree with the idea in general. I think it's just patently anti-gamer um, to not give that choice when it's obviously a hundred percent possible. Um, and having a kid, I, I think I told a really good anecdote last time about um, me spending days building this really cool like glass tower in Minecraft, and then my kid filling it up with pigs, um, which which I find absolutely hilarious. It's also the reason I, I mean I would not share. At least he didn't TNT. That's true. It. That is absolutely true. Um, which is actually the reason I would not share an Animal Crossing um, village with Dylan either, because he thinks the pig thing's funny. Um, it's hilarious. It, it is kind of. It's absolutely hilarious. so much time working on it. I just think it's dumb. I think it's it's something that like I, I, I get the idea. Like I I hundred percent understand what you're saying. Like conceptually, and if uh, to me it is just dumb, and I don't think you disagree that there's just not an option. Like it would have been so easy to say you can share one island or you can have two separate islands, and in and that's that's what I don't get. Like I mean I I understand that like wanting to have different people play it at different times and that being cool but also like sometimes i just want my own island what do you do and in that game when like you both need to get on to sell things at a certain time like you just have to like <laughs> like yeah well i think that's kind of the point of the game though is it's meant to make you communicate you just don't get to do it you don't get a pickup you actually have to communicate with another human being like that is the point of the game but that's completely missed. I'll be completely honest. Um, I don't know if I've ever been happier that I didn't buy a game. Yeah. It's all right. Um, so maybe we should actually answer the question too. Like, uh, I mean, it's an interesting idea. I don't have a kid. I don't make sacrifices. <sighs> Man, Colby, we screwed up. We had kids. I stopped, <laughs> I stopped playing really violent video I... games in front of her and that kind of, you know... Um, limit what now I can Colby play. can only play and, mud truckers or whatever <laughs> well and like the thing is, is it's it's not even like violent games it's like games that like scare yeah. her and i was trying to get a, an achievement in totally reliable delivery service and she that game scares her and i don't know why because 
its totally reliable delivery service. And I'm like, what in it scares you? I mean, their limbs flip like, around. I don't know. It just it just scares me. I'm like, okay, I'll play something else. Their I guess. limbs kind of flip around like they're not attached to anything. Like, I'm scared know. of the lack of bones in that game. Um, what sacrifice gaming sacrifices I made? I, I mean, I think that there was definitely a time where I played less violent video games. My kid's 12 now. Like, he's grown up. It's fine. He can watch whatever. Um, that's not true. I'm actually a slightly more responsible parent than that, but only just slightly. Um, I don't know. Currently, I have to move my Xboxes around a lot so that he can play Xbox in different rooms, which is, like, slightly annoying. But, yeah, I got four of them, so it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Um... You only have four rooms in your house. Why do you have to move them around? Couldn't you just have one in each? I could. Um, I, it's actually more... How many TVs do you have? Um, At least have five. Four. Yeah. I, I can have an Xbox. So couldn't you just TV. have... I mean, it, it has more to do with how uh, family sharing works. So mm. um, I need to see if I hook up my S, if he can play on that. I just haven't done it yet. So it's really more on me than it is on him. Um... Yeah, I mean, except occasionally, like, not being able to buy a game physical because I want to be able to play it multiplayer with him. Like, I don't make a lot of gaming sacrifices. I mean, I I guess when I was... Probably when I was younger, I played less games than I would have liked to uh, just because of, like, how my life worked and spending time with my spouse and blah. No, she's great. Um, so I don't. Yeah, I mean, I've never, I've never done anything that was the equivalent of like I put 150 hours into a game and then just thrown it away. Like, I, frankly, I patently would not do that. I am actually probably more the type of person who would have just bought a second Switch, to be honest. Um, like financially irresponsible. You, you mean a third Switch? <laughs> I would have bought a third Switch. Like I would. Like I mean, but that's the reality. I mean, that's what Dylan did. Like Dylan's got two Switches, well, yeah, so I, his wife can play her I own proactively. Yeah. I proactively bought a new Switch knowing that yeah. Animal Crossing. But, like, it wasn't so much about the One Island thing. It was, what am I supposed to do with my Switch if someone it's playing else it at is the same using time. it? Yeah. Like, you can't both play at the same time anyway. Yeah. So that's that's one thing I didn't say that I meant to yeah. say, too, is, like, it, you can't play together anyway. Which, like, this, so to me, that's actually, like, the real... Like, I think they missed a lot of opportunities. Yeah. One is just the opportunity of this being stupid. Um, the second yeah. opportunity is, is, like, if you're gonna make people play on the same island, make the game co-op. You know? Yeah. Like, I can't imagine that that game is so taxing that you couldn't split-screen it. Like, and then it... Like, to me, that is, like, almost all the difference, too, is if you're gonna only have one island, make the game co-op, and then you have to play together, or at least can play together. Um, as opposed to, like, okay, I'm gonna hand my system over to you now. Don't screw anything up. Don't sell all my weed, you narc. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Joe, I wish you the best. I, I hope that... I, I hope that you can... I don't know, you've already put 150 hours in the game, man. Maybe you're just done. It, it could just be you're just done. I thought you said you were dumb. <laughs> I'm like, no, Joe's one of my favorite people. I would never... I know. I would That's never I was call like, Joe dumb. Maybe you're dumb for doing that, Joe. Did you ever think about that? No, no, no. I was, I was very confused no, for Joe's a second. Good people. I would never say that. I'm going to steal a new Switch and send it to Absolutely. So Whoever stole my, my original Switch, send it to Joe. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that, like, a lot of retail stores are, like, probably not fully stocked with people. And so you might be able, like, is LP essential? No, probably not. Same. Probably not. Just, just. just I mean, the good stuff. news is you can go into a store wearing a mask now. Like, there you go. <laughs> just, 
You're allowed to dress up like a bandit. It's perfect. It's perfect. I'm not going to advocate stealing from large stores, but I'm totally going to advocate from stealing. I would suggest Walmart if I had to choose. Just saying. That's perfect. Right. Cheap, free games. These games are cheap and free, and hopefully this week they're right. Uh, PlayStation Plus last week, I don't know. I said it was like Dark Souls Remastered. I don't know. Yeah, I don't did. know if I like ran into one of those websites. It was like, what games would we like oh, to be see come out? Do you think that was uh, 2019? Could have been. That would actually make sense. Absolutely. Because I've got Dark Souls Remastered, I think, on PlayStation, and that might That be would make sense. Dylan's making the weirdest face right now. Ago. Like, you can't see it. You can hear him breathing real loud into his microphone. I have to edit that out now. Great. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm sure you I will. actually. <laughs> Way too lazy <laughs> for that. Uh, the actual PlayStation Plus games for this month are City Skylines, which is a really, really, really fun city simulator, if you're into that kind of thing. And Farming Simulator 19, 2019. I guess farming some of the other 19, uh, presumably. Do you think that's because there's 19 of them, or do you think it is 2019? 2019. Okay. Uh, I played 2000. What did you think? So. Coincidentally, they started in 2001, so the number's actually only one <laughs> off. <laughs> How's farming in video game land, Cole? Um, it was one of those games that I can totally see i mean like, you're talking to a dude who's playing mud it's runners true. Cliff. It's true that's why i asked you if anyone was going to be able to it, you know. it it seems like it'd be fun there was a lot of systems <laughs> to learn like at at some point you were just actually farming it seemed and i was in the middle of like two other games i'm like i i don't have time for this anyway a lot of builder games this month on playstation plus that's kind of fun um the city skylines is good on the the, the consoles too so check that out uh twitch prime this month um some of the games that i mentioned last month there was one that like had elephants in it i think wasn't there an elephant game yeah yeah like that one is yeah, actually yono yeah the, the elephant game the is still elephant. free. Um, it's through May 20th. So that one was not wrong, but most of the other ones were. Uh, Urban Trail Playground, The Little Acre. Um, I'm going to say in Avicii and Vector. Does that look right? That sounds like a white Let's... nationalist Twitter handle. <laughs> Absolutely does. Like it would be real big on the back of their pickup. <laughs> um, <laughs> like a don't tread on me bumper sticker with it. Uh, Pankapoo. Pankapoo? Pankapoo? I don't know. Whatever. Um, f- it is a really difficult side-scroller. Ah, Colby fun, knows. But I got I got to a second boss, or I got to a boss and couldn't beat it, and I'm like, I guess I'm done. <laughs> You're done with Pankapoo. Uh, Fractured Minds and uh, Snake Pass, which is a game that I think a bunch of people played. Snake Pass is interesting, but also difficult. It's fun. Yeah. It's a really interesting, like Snake Pass is just an interesting idea. So, uh, on the Epic Game Store, we've got Death Coming. It's a non-linear puzzle game where you must harvest human souls, which is actually something I've been thinking of taking up, just like as a hobby. Like that's cool, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, you can harvest human souls. Uh, Final Destination style. I have not seen those movies. Is that the one where you just like kill people, like via? It's it's like Rube Goldberg devices for death. I kind of might have to check this game out. It had kind of a cute little pixel aesthetic, too. However, pesky mortals are not your only problem, as the Agents of Light will do everything they can do to stop you. So, a game where I murder people Rube Goldberg-style while I fight angels sounds pretty good. 
Sounds real good. Uh, Death Coming. Anyway, that's free starting uh, essentially today, if you're listening today. Uh, Humble Bundle, lastly, but not leastly, has uh, a Sierra the Third bundle. So this one's kind of fun if you're into old games. For a buck, you can get Gabriel Knight 3, um, Velocity 2X, which I don't know, Time Shift, which I don't know, and Police Quest, which is Police Quest 4. <laughs> that was, wasn't Police Quest 4 the first swap? Yes, it was. Um, yeah, Daryl absolutely. Gates. He's a real POS. I would highly recommend. I don't remember who wrote it. Kotaku maybe wrote a like a a kind of behind the scenes on how Police Quest Four got made. It is well worth watching. The the the, the original person. So Daryl Gates came in with the SWAT thing, but I think the first Police Quest also had a problematic person attached yeah. to it. For some the, he reason. was the dude behind like the L.A. riots, wasn't he? Uh, well, he was a uh, police chief yeah. at the time, and uh, was the like co-creator of SWAT it's teams. Weird stuff. Um, it's a good story. I'll see if I can yeah. find it. If so, I'll link to it. It's good. Uh, for like eight bucks, you can get the Beast Within, a Gabriel Knight story, Phantasmagoria Two, a puzzle of flesh, which is a great title. Hot. Arcanum, uh, Caesar Four. I think I played that. Phantasmagoria Two. I played one of I played one of the Phantasmagorias like back. Yeah, I played in the, the day. first one a little bit. Um, Quest for Glory one through yeah. five, and then Shiftlings. Uh, at the twelve dollar thing, you can get King's Quest Season Pass, which that's a new King's Quest game, and it is very good actually. Like it's a really fun. Um, but you also get the the King's Quest collection that comes with King's Quest one through seven. Gabriel Knight Sins of the Father. Uh, Geometry Wars, which is a fun game. The Space Quest collection, which I think comes with like Space Quest one through. Th- Four, one through five, Caesar three, and the original Phantasmagoria. I love Caesar. Yeah, there's some good stuff in there, right? So that's a that's a good thing for twelve bucks. I actually really kind of want to pay twelve bucks for this so I can get Phantasmagoria and stream that because that is a that's a hell of a game. There, a lot of FMV. It's an interesting game. I remember when I worked at Software Etc. That game was actually cheaper to buy than it was to pirate because it had seven discs on it. And yeah. uh, this was back when games only cost 50 bucks. And um, burnable CD-ROMs were actually like $10 a piece. So that game would have cost you $70 to pirate and only $50 to purchase. So I would never, of course, advocate it, those kind of things. You should play Police Quest, but before you do that, listen to the Dollop episode 39 through like 40. Wow. Which is all which is all about the LAPD. Excellent. All right, so that is us. Oh, I, I have. Oh, one Dylan's more got more. To Do it, Dylan. Because I went into the Nintendo eShop on my nice today. So did I. And there was one deal that was just too good not too to shout good out to pass up. Dylan on the podcast. Are you sufficiently? Teased? I am. I mean, yeah. For like pre-dinner. What if? What if I told you it was only nine cents? I have that I much of those about. weird little Nintendo credit things. Exactly. Okay. So the second game on my great deal section of the Nintendo eShop, right after Splatoon 2, which is currently on sale for $41.99. So if you have $40, Splatoon 2 is a great, it's great I'm great unemployed, fun. Dylan. But I, I can't the next it. game, the, the, one, the one game that's next to it for nine cents... Is currently ninety percent off. Nine cents is the most provocatively named game I've ever, ever? seen. Ding Dong, XL. 
<laughs> Tell me more, Dylan. I need to know more. I didn't really know more, but it, it is a it is an arcade style game. I'll just read the summary right here. Ding Dong XL is a neon infused one button arcade game. It is an addictive, just one more round score attack that will test your reflexes. Ding and dong between the top and bottom of the screen as you attempt to avoid obstacles, collect points, and smash helpful power-ups. Try to survive as long as you can. Interesting. It actually has got like and a... Go ahead, Cole. If you want to see uh, like screenshots, just go to Google, go to image search, and put ding dong XL. <laughs> it actually looks kind of fun. It's got kind of like a frogger vibe almost. Like, like literally you are a ball, of course, um, and just like going from the top of the screen to the bottom of the screen and then you kind of like dodge things in the middle. It looks pretty good. It's got very positive reviews on Steam. So like for nine cents, probably worth your time. Right now it's only 50, 49 cents on Steam. So if you know, normally a wow. dollar. So yeah, I just, I cracked up when I saw the name. You can uh, buy it in the Buy Arcade Score Chaser bundle and you also would get up Bing Bong XL. Um, and... No, that's Ding Dong. Uh, Righty Tighty XL. Oh. <laughs> There's O Orbit XL. That's better than Lefty Lucy Absolutely. XL. I think I was. I thank you for bringing that, Dylan. I really appreciate that. It's from Nicker yeah. Vision Studios. You know, in case you. Yeah, which is also it's hilarious. Good. Good. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, you can, of course, follow us on BiteMePodcast.com, assuming it works. Right now, it doesn't. I'm hopeful, hopeful, hopeful by the time this podcast goes out that I'll have fixed that somehow. It moved because that website used to be hosted at my work. So, hey, <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Discord somehow. I would suggest maybe... I don't know. You could go to our Facebook page, which is Bite Me Podcast, uh, or Facebook.com slash Bite Me Podcast. You could send us a message, and I will send you a link to our Discord, I guess. Um, or you could email us at Bite Me at Bite Me Podcast.com. That still works. Um, you can follow us on social, Facebook.com, Twitter.com, Instagram.com slash Bite Me Podcast. I don't have a job now, so I might have more time to update those. We will see. Maybe. Um, I think that's everything. Patreon, you can go to, like, I have to pay for this podcast now, so you could go to patreon.com slash bite me podcast. Of course, I am still very, very understanding of the fact that we are in a pandemic, so don't feel obligated in any way. I'm not Amanda Palmer. <sighs> Is that her name? That's right, isn't it? Okay. Yep. I think I went to school with a girl named Amanda Palmer, too. Different people. You Only did. one of them. Did I? <laughs> Yeah, only one so. of them is married to Neil Gaiman. It was not the person maybe married to Neil Gaiman. I don't know. We're getting deep into Twitter here. Thank you for listening. Dylan. Bite me. Bite me. It says is recording. It, it says record. See, and I think it, it pisses me off that on your end it says recording, and my end it says stop. <laughs> I know. Like, what is that? What does that mean? All right. You guys ready? Ready. 
Dylan's not even looking at the screen. I'm ready. How is, did you move your desk? Like, your desk used to face the other way, right? Me? Yeah. I have two desks. That's what I was going to say. Do you have two desks now? Yeah. But when I went to your house the first time, you only had one desk. Correct. Yeah. I have a PC desk. And then the temporary work desk. And then nice. this is the kitchen table. So I have three stations in a triangle. Jesus. It's really obnoxious. Dylan's if fucking hardcore. one large desk, then I could just sit in one place. It's actually annoying. but I can see that. I can definitely see that. Dylan's just rock. He's like he's like uh, Phil Spencer. Phil St- Spencer has a desk for his desk. It's perfect. <laughs> you look know. tired, man. <laughs> It's all know. good. It's I all know. good. All right. Let me take I've a been sip up of for water. 13 hours. Jesus. What? Oh, because you got up at four. I slept in until 630 today. I think that's pretty good for an unemployed guy. It's not bad, it's right? Good. Yeah. I played for my first job today. Bam. Woo. I think it was at Microsoft. <laughs> it's McDonald's. <laughs> it was a game developer in Redmond, so and and you had to be familiar with some Microsoft thing. So I don't know. We'll see. Did they just disguise it? That it way? was from a it was from a recruiter. So oh, okay. yeah, it was it was intentionally vague. <clears throat> All right.